Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good Thursday morning, Amy Jacobson here. John Anthony in for Dan Proft. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Wow, how was your drive in? Any drama? Anything no, going on? Just, this just long. That's all. Just a long drive. Hey, what, you leave at 2 in the morning? No, I, I, no, I leave at uh, 3.50, something like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So I am um, shaking. Uh-oh. <laughs> because, oh, all right. So when I came back from France last week. France. Well, France, yes, the French. They're very lovely. They're nice people. Nobody yeah. spoke English. Uh-oh. Je parlez-vous français? No. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> then you use Google Translate yeah. just to say, yeah. how do I get to the bus? Um, but I woke up and I was starving, so I do something I normally don't do, and that's eat breakfast oh. at the old diner down the street. It's 24 hours. Okay. I went in and placed my order, went back to the car to do some things, you know. Oh. And I see these two oh, Jesus. black dudes wearing the black face mask with the black hoodie on, and then my heart started racing. Do they have MAGA hats on? <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> I forgot that's right. We're in MAGA country. That's right. They weren't getting a tuna sandwich either. <laughs> um, so they they went in, and then I thought, oh, my God, I got to call the cops. This is bad. So then I – because I love the guy that's yeah. the the cook. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's going. There was another woman in there that I don't know who she is. So I kind of slide in Charlie Angel style. You're like, <laughs> my back's on the wall. And I get in. And I'm like this. It's just, and I look oh. over, and I go, Miguel, are you okay? Oh, Because they were on the other side of the wall. I'm like, do you, do you need me to call the cops? <laughs> And he says, he goes, gangbangers eat too. Ooh. So got him. I just went, okay. And I grabbed my food. Yeah. And I left. But they were masked up, though, didn't you say? They were, in the wall, yeah. they were sitting there too. They were still masked up. Yeah. Wow. But they were kind of leery, kind of leery of me, and I was leery of them because they're high school kids. So why aren't you in bed because you have school in a few right. hours? Right. It's four in the morning, right? Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? All right. So then this morning, which leads me to this morning, so yeah. I, I let my dog out. In the morning, out front, but I clean up the poop mm-hmm. when I get back from work. I, I swear, I clean up the poop because I know exactly where she poos every time. Yeah. This morning, I opened my door, and there were three people, black hoods, the mask. One looked like a walk, like literally, in front of me. Really? And I, so what I have, oh, I am armed, so I immediately and I didn't scream. Yeah. But I grabbed Bunky. I quickly shut the door and I locked it, and then I ran and got my protection yeah what are my legal rights if they Uh-oh. if they charge because it's it's a small spot between the sidewalk and my front door it's about six steps mm-hmm. what if they got i mean could i defend myself Not on my front door. steps or through the front door if i'm on Not through the front door yeah so i, if I know i'm not a charging, lawyer i just play one I, on to you on if radio. they're charging my front step uh-huh. which they didn't but i was worried that they would and that's yeah. why i'm still shaking do I have a right to shoot them? They just run in towards you? They didn't do anything else? Right. 
What did they do? No, no, I'm saying they didn't, but what if they, they, they look, we made eye contact. Close the door, I, lock the door to dial 911. I'm, I'm just, dial I, nine. I'm I had just a friend you, who got carjacked you're in Cook and it County. took almost two hours for you're them to get You're in Cook County, you're white and you're Amy Jacobson. They will make an I'm ex- white? <laughs> Do you they, know that? They will make an example out of you. Oh, if I. Oh, come on. What about, here's another thing. What if they just wanted to come knock on the door and tell you something? Hey, oh, come vote for Bring Chicago Hey, Home your initiative. window's open. Or, hey, I mean, but but you have, I mean, here's the deal. Lakeview just went through, what, 12 robberies in no, the middle of the night? No, 20 robberies yeah. in 24 hours where yeah. they literally dragged women right. in broad daylight. The first one started at 11.15 a.m. Right. They dragged, while they're walking down the street in broad daylight, a group of three to four black dudes, right. maybe possibly some thought it was a one Hispanic. They weren't sure, but they weren't white. And they but were they wearing like hoods. Me, yeah. And there, one was wearing a black N95 mask. Yeah. yeah I, 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 this COVID thing. I, wouldn't I, mean, shoot, I would never given... shoot through the door in Cook County. You what? I would never shoot through the door in my house, at my house, neither. I, I just let them know I'm armed and they may want to go away. All right. Uh, yeah. What about, okay, but anyway, so the, what happened to these women? They're, one was on Ravenswood, one was on Ainsley, one was, they didn't stop. Yeah. They were relentless, yeah. and they would grab women by their hair, throw them on the ground, grab a blunt object, hit them on the head repeatedly. And no, you see these surveillance videos, these ring cameras, and that's when you carry. And that's why. Why are people not grabbing? Like, where are the men? Right. If even where are the women? If yeah. I saw a woman getting the blank kicked out of her, yeah, I would stand up and do something. Now you can articulate, yeah. you know, a fear of your life of losing your life, great bodily harm in that situation. All right, Unload on them. Another. I would. I'm, I'm not giving anybody that advice. That's what if I was in that position and somebody was, you know, two, three guys. Uh, that's what the Second Amendment is for. Right. And, uh, you know, the, Illinois, I, think, I don't think Illinois is a stand your ground state. So you can't just, you know, stand your ground. You got to make a reasonable. Uh, you got to try to get away. If You can't. They grabbing you by the head and I got a, a, a sidearm. I'm letting them have it. DRT. That's what what if you see? A, what if you have your concealed carry and mm-hmm. you see a woman getting the crap beat out of her? Okay. Like happened all day for twenty four hours, you know, twenty times. That's yeah. think about that, people. Yeah. And they were targeting women. A few men got robbed too yeah. in the in the mix. But um, what if you see somebody beating up a woman? Can I get out of peace? Again, this is not advice. I'm not giving anybody advice because this is Illinois. <laughs> um, but they're not be attacking a good witness. me, but I'm seeing them, them attack someone. First of all, dial 911. Be a good witness. And if, if, I mean, you have to be able to articulate you thought that this person was about to lose their life or, or receive some great bodily harm. Then you have to you have to make sure you when you make that decision to intervene. Three one two six four two five six zero zero turnkey dot pro answer line. You could also reach us all morning long on our text yeah. line. Do you have that fired up over there, buddy? I could get it going for you. At oh, uh, it's it's up, but it's it's idle. Okay, it's been idle for the oh, last. Wait, 20 I minutes. could click this on, and here we go. There, we're in business. Uh, Craig in Mount Greenwood, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Amy, and good morning, John. Hey, buddy. Love when you guys are together. <laughs> hey, John, how you doing, man? Well, sir. Uh, you guys make a good team in the morning. I'll tell you that. Oh, thank you. But. Uh, with regard to uh, Amy, when she was asking a question about uh, kind of like legality and all that and uh, um, stuff like that, John, you're right on there, like uh, just kind of like your thoughts, the direction you're going and everything. But you know what the shame of it is? With regard, it's it's all political. And we see it every day. I mean, we see it with Trump. We see it. And the thing is, is you could be well within your rights. You're doing it. But being in Illinois and with uh, leftists and anybody in any place, we've seen it with other cases and everything, what they try to do. 
with law-abiding citizens just protect themselves or trying to protect somebody else, help somebody else out. I'm, I'm like, I would, I would try to do something, but I would have, I'm, I have a concealed carry to me. I would probably have a, a something in my hand that I could uh, use to defend myself if it didn't work out hand to hand or something like that. I don't know what I would do. I'd be afraid to use my gun because of what, of the leftists basically um, coming after me for protecting myself or trying to, um, you know, get a criminal. Um, that's the shame of it. The, 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 what we're living through here. In that. Yeah, that's you true. Know, you know, thanks, that's that's why the phone call. Any good uh, concealed carry trainer. Yeah. One of the first things they always tell you is what? Be a good witness. Mike Brown, you know Mike Brown, the guy that does, he's now doing like $25 to people to help people because he wants as many people in Chicago to get their concealed carry. He's doing like $25 per. Really? Yeah. He's, he's, I should sign up for that. You probably should. He's, and he's, he's, he's a former police officer. Mm-hmm. One of the best concealed carry. Um, Anita Padilla used to always have him on. Oh, and programming note, we're having yeah. Anita on the show tomorrow. No way. At 6.35, yep. Oh, okay. Oh, it'd be um, interesting oh, to hear. All right, so that, that's good. You but um, he always he, he tells his class, he's always on there, he's always doing live videos, and he always says, be a good witness first. That's the, that's the best thing you could ever do. Because you never know what's going to happen. You never know if there's three, four more guys around the corner. Right. And while you're pulling your gun, they come around and see you. Or, you know, it's... Be I have careful. another question for you. Most of us, pretty much all of us, have detached garages. Mm-hmm. Walk into my car, and I, I know always, I, I always back in. Oh yeah, that's right. You parked. <laughs> and in left my the garage. garage door open. Oops. Yeah, he left my garage door. That's <laughs> another story. You went to a Cubs game and left my garage open. Thanks very much. You're welcome. But so if you're, um, so I always back in so that I drive forward and pull out. You know. Smart. What if somebody attacks you in your garage? Or is that considered your house? Can you shoot? What? Oh. You just want to shoot somebody. On no, I don't want to shoot. I'm not trigger happy. Uh, I'm saying at that time in the morning right. and no one's around right. and it's quiet and they could be quiet too and boom. Yeah. Well, that has happened in Chicago. Oh, my neighbor got yeah. right, got two kids yeah. gun at gunpoint, gun held to her right. head, three o'clock in the afternoon on a sunny Sunday, yeah. was robbed and she was just grateful they didn't pull the trigger but right. she said they were kids. Right. Because she's a teacher, a CPS teacher, too. Well, that has happened like, many times in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And I haven't seen any concealed carry person get arrested for it. I'll, I'll, I'll answer it that way. Okay. I've yet to see anybody that's concealed carry get arrested for that. Bill, on the northwest side, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Yeah, Amy, I just recently got my concealed carry permit. And the, 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 the whole large picture is if you feel your life is in danger, then, yes, you can defend yourself with your weapon. It has to be. It has to be a situation where you have to feel that that was your last option. Mm-hmm. And as far as what happened with you, with your dog this morning, what obviously what you want to do is go back into your house, lock your door. Mm-hmm. If, they're, if they're breaking into your house at that point, yes, your life you can your life is in danger. You can feel that your life is in danger at that point. Okay. But uh, that's well, they weren't breaking yeah. in, and I right. don't know if they were going to the piggery, yeah. but they were walking that way. Right. And before I, yeah, you wouldn't, you, would, you wouldn't want to use not your the piggery. Weapon. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm so sorry, that's... not the piggery, the diner. Yeah, you see that on the <laughs> on the third. Yeah, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to use your weapon in that situation. What you want to do is try to get away from that situation. Right. Which is what so I said. that 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 has to be that has to be the situation where you felt you had no other option left to defend your life. Okay. Thanks, Bill, for the phone call. And but guess what? Texas, today. you can unload because it's I mean, Florida. Oh, that's right. Florida. Stand your ground. Oh, that's right. You can stand your ground. Come at mm. me. Ah, the, guess what? The free places. Places like mm-hmm. Florida, Texas, where it's free. Must oh. be nice. David and Winnetka, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hello. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, 
I think it, a lot comes down to, okay, just in my little world, I've never been a, you know, part of law enforcement. I've never been in the military. I hang out with a lot of, uh, you know, the patriots that are former corpsmen and different things. We go to the range, blah, 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 do all this stuff together. Bottom line, though, if you are white trying to defend yourself, you better make sure in the city, what I just said. you better make sure you've got a very good, whatever, even if you've got drawn on. I mean, I conceal. I leave my gun home 90% of the time just because of the fact I'm white. And, yeah. you know, it sucks to say that, but it, it's real. It's true. Wow. Yeah. And right, then, and then what I just said? I mean, a white offender and a black assailant? Ugh. I know. And then that, I mean. I, no, you, especially somebody like you. What was that supposed to because be? Because you're Amy Jacobson. Oh, you stop it. I'm serious. And and they would definitely want to make uh, an example out of someone like you, Dan, Sean. You? No, no see, I'm, I'm half. No. I'm half black, so. <laughs> stop it's news, opinion, insight. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Hey, business owners, is your business and money in good hands? Does your bank invest in your success? Hi, Mike Gallagher here, letting you know that when you need a relationship bank, Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. I love these guys. Not only do they have expansive industry experience, a strong financial track record, but they're also highly capitalized for strategic growth. That's so important. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. They know what it means to grow a business by designing solutions that are right for you and only you. These are real people. They're ready to help. So reach out to my friends at Signature Bank. Make the call today, 773-467-5630, 773-467-5630. Or visit them online at signaturebank.bank. That's signaturebank.bank. Your business could be Signature Bank's next success story. Go online, signaturebank.bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Signature Bank. For the latest news, insight into what it means, and the sharpest opinion, there's only one station in Chicago where you can turn, and it's this one. We're AM560, The Answer. All right, learning all sorts of things about the budget. 312-642-5600, turnkey.proanswer line. You can also reach us on our text line, which John Anthony is in charge of. I'm watching it. He's all over that. Yes, yes. And what's the text line? Well, somebody said, Amy, check active de- active self-defense on YouTube. They have real-life defense videos to learn from, so you may want okay. to check that out on YouTube. All right, but the text line number is? Oh, I don't see the number. I'm going to, ready? <laughs> yeah, six, what? ready? 646. Now write this number. I'm writing it. All right, 646 You have to type in D-A, then a quick comment. Are you serious? What do you mean, am I serious? Jeez, that's a lot of words. That's a lot of words. So early in the do you morning. Ever, do you know how to text in the places? Do you? Yeah, I do it. I do it a lot on uh, Mike Gallagher show. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. What's his text line? It's his. Is it's it a, the it's turnkey job? No, line? it's one eight hundred or something. It's something a long like that. Yeah, I've never done that. I've tried, but yeah. I, I'm not really too good with technology, as Justin <laughs> knows. We could have a segment old ladies and uh. iPhones, but we got to work on that, Justin. <laughs> Because uh, I just got a new iPhone 15, and I'm still trying to figure this thing out here. Right. All right. So, did you watch the State of the State Pritzker's sixth State of the State address, which is really the budget address? No. Why not? Because I told you that no, you had to watch it. No, it was your you, homework assignment. I, I listened to some of the state reps that uh, opined about it after. Yes, so this is what it is. So this is the first year, guys, that lawmakers won't have pandemic money. Yeah. 
you know, to fund the programs that they want. $891 million budget deficit. Whew. That's what we have right now. So one way they're thinking about generating revenue is to raise the sales tax on sports betting from 15 to 35%. Whoa. Percent. That's a big jump. Yeah. And State Senator Bob Martinick. Martwick, excuse me. Yeah. Martwick. Uh, Martwick. Yeah. Oh, here's, his, here's his reaction to that. I think one has to be uh, concerned that maybe if we go too far, we could potentially kill off some of the revenues that we're getting for it. 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro, answer line 64636, type in DA, then a quick comment. Let's bring into the conversation Mike Scott because... You've been around a long time. What did you make yesterday? Anything you learned from Governor Pritzker's state of the state? Thanks for calling me old. I appreciate it. <laughs> wow. No, Holy you're not cow. old. Just you just walk in the studio and I'm old now. <laughs> I got gray hair, but come on. <laughs> well, I know that this is just a starting point for negotiations. Right. But the $182 million to go to migrants after we've already dropped $500 million, uh, that's, you know, Pritzker was trying to sell that yesterday. Now, I won't pretend that any of this is easy, but it would be irresponsible to do anything but come here, lay out the scope of the challenge, tell you what I think we need to do, and then work with you to make it happen. I mean, do, where are we getting all this money? The people. The Pardon? The people. You. Well, then me. shouldn't we have a say in how our tax dollars are being spent? That's what our representatives are elected for. Well... Uh, you need to look very carefully at who is representing you right. in Springfield. Mm-hmm. And if it is a Democrat, they are not going to oppose, according to no. House Speaker Emmanuel Chris Welch, that th- it's important to remember from his perspective that most of these proposals are already baked into the cookie. Yeah. That they are going to be, this. there is going to be no debate, uh, quite literally, about whether or not these are in the package. There may be reductions, highs and lows. And uh, we've seen uh, already some Democrats saying, uh, as John said, maybe we need to uh, moderate that tax on mm-hmm. on sports gaming uh, just a little bit. Um, but it's it's a revenue source that they need. And if they don't get, there's a big hole already with a nine hundred nineteen billion dollar budget deficit. Right. That makes the budget deficit even bigger if they don't get that amount in gaming. That's how they're trying to balance the budget. Couple of couple of moderately good things. Pension debt is paid for in the budget okay. for the year, and uh, there is uh, there are other things. Uh, some some bond debt, some mid level uh, and uh, short term bond debt that is actually being taken care of through this budget. So yeah, yeah. moderately good, um, but you know the the pension situation is completely funded by property taxes. Yep. No help there. Yep. And that's the thing. And then what? So I watched this fifty-two minute speech because mm-hmm. you didn't. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And there was some you know standing ovations, and one was about the grocery tax. And uh, the thing was, the grocery tax is our state rep Tony McCombie, mm-hmm. who's She's the minority the house, house minority, minority leader. leader. Yeah, house minority leader. It's like, uh, that's not going to be good because it's a local tax. That is not a state tax. That is a local tax. The grocery tax is a local tax. So he just took $350 million out of local municipal- municipalities and villages. She's so, right. Right. So is that negotiable? Yeah. I mean. I mean, that's probably one of the throwaways. And this is how. Listen. Because you, you are a state rep you, for You want to know the reason why I didn't listen to it? Because it's all a lie. Illinois has not had a balanced budget in years. I want to see what Cogfa has to say. Who? Cogfa. 
That's the Commission on Government Forecasting and right. Accountability. They do an estimate every year about the budget. They haven't released their estimate yet or their forecast. They haven't released any of that yet. I want to hear what they have to say because there's always a supplemental bill to – and most people are not paying attention at this time right. because they knew they know that the budget is not balanced, so then they come and sneak in a, a, a supplemental bill later to cover whatever the gap is. That's why I don't listen to it because it's an all it's all it's all. I didn't even listen to it when Rauner was governor, you, sure. and I was sitting there in, in the house. You were well. in the wait. Right. Yeah. You were sitting in the house chamber, or you're sitting at the state capitol, and you didn't. Because Republicans didn't have a say in the budget. Right. We don't have a say in the budget. Right. They they'll drop that budget bill when it's time for them to pass it. Sometime they're just going to drop it in the middle of the night, and then there's going to have to be a vote on it. That's sure, how but there does. but there there's got to be a way, uh, according to House Republicans. To balance the budget without a grocery tax. <laughs> Illinois is only one of 10 states that have a grocery tax. Yeah. Yeah. 82% of Americans right. do not have a grocery tax. And among the 10 right. biggest states in the country, Illinois is the only one right. with a grocery tax. A grocery tax, according to House Republicans and Senate Republicans, is, is not just regressive. Right. It, it eats away at your ability to be able to afford on top of right. 22% inflation over the past four to five years. Because um, during COVID, Pritzker froze the grocery tax, remember? He did for a year, but then it went back up. Yeah. Because I'm, forget- I'm telling you, I go to the grocery store and it's I'm it's scary. But don't Republicans f- have tried to get rid of the grocery tax dating back to yeah. 2021. Uh, Don DeWitt of St. Charles yeah. has introduced legislation year after year after year One to get rid ones. of this. And to repeal the grocery tax, it always dies in committee. Okay. What another thing he proposed? Fifty-three billion spending plan to help homeless in the black community. I am willing to spend serious political capital and put my shoulder to the wheel to get this done. You Why know what this are is you about? Rolling your eyes. This is uh, about the Mark Carter's of the world coming out talking about what they've done, what 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 Pritzker and his administration, Brandon and his administration have done, and they haven't what they have what they have not done in the black community. This is this is what they're trying to do is just grease the hands. This come on, really, really. You, you know, Mark Batnick, he's a former state representative. Right. He he wanted to go to a two year budgeting system. That's a that will be a great idea. And you know what else we need? We need an, 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 a fiscal audit. Uh, what what do they call the, the the more extreme one? Um, that's uh, bigger than an audit. A, yeah, foren- a, foren- a forensic forensic audit. Forensic audit. Yes. Yeah. We we need that in our budgeting. You want to you want to find the waste in our in our budgeting system? Yeah, because I remember. Voting against a budget that was thirty-two billion in twenty thirteen, and to say that we, we're, they're voting on a fifty-three billion dollar budget—that's yeah. just the general fund. That's not considering the other half of, of the budgeting, the budgeting tiers, the right. blip, the bips, and all of that. Right. See, they, see, you can get lost in the minutia with the budgeting. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I I really was fascinated by it because they don't tell you, yeah, that's fifty-two million dollars, billion dollars, but the pensions alone. Take so and medic and take so much mu- of this budgeting. So the but they don't want billion. Yes, right. it's already to your point. It's already where the money has to go is already baked in. Right. I think one of the things to look at in terms of two-year budgeting is look at what other states around us do. Wisconsin, right. uh, Minnesota, Iowa. I think has a two-year budget. If not, it's it's yeah. at least a biannual. I think Texas budget. too. Texas has a two-year budget. Yeah. You're right. It's uh, two-year budgets are. Uh, in most state houses are pretty much the norm, but not in uh, right. states like California, New Jersey, New York. Um, 
Illinois, obviously. To your point on the $52, uh, well, $52 million, right, to the homeless yeah. effort? Well, yeah, That's, out of the $53 billion, what, he said, yeah, he wants right. millions to go to the black community. Right, that couples with what Brandon Johnson did yesterday, his borrowing uh, $1.25 $1.28 billion. Yeah. Billion? Billion with a B. Jeez. Borrowing uh, paid off by expiring TIFs uh, to be able to fund uh, at least half of it. Uh, new development projects projects completely, completely regulated by City Hall. It's, uh, oh, what could go wrong? Government yeah, well, housing? it's... It's the way things have been done. Yeah, okay, certain contractors will get the will get the bids. Certain uh, uh, iron fencing will go up. Certain uh, right. uh, banks will get uh, very favorable lending. That's the way these things are baked at City Hall. But it goes hand in hand with Pritzker and and Brandon Johnson's proposals yesterday. Go hand in. Hand. Sorry for interrupting. Um, but about fifty thousand homeless people are in Chicago. They estimate. Did they ask these all black? 50, Well, I don't know. <laughs> they're not. They're not all black. So the white homeless. So the white homeless yeah. get left out, but the Latino. black homeless here, come come this way. Yeah. We have a home for you. But a lot of homeless don't want homes. Right. I cannot stress this enough. That's true. I have spent so much time with the homeless over the years. I yep. Catholic charities I was with, and then when I was in El Paso, I always was involved in the community and volunteered. And Yep. They want to be free. You know how I know you're telling the truth? When I worked at Safer Foundation, I used to, I dealt, because the Safer Foundation, we help ex-offenders and people like that. Um, almost every person who was homeless said, I don't want the responsibility of homeownership or renting. I like it out here. I'm free. Nobody bothers me. Mm-hmm. I control this. So you're right. I've heard that time and time again. And there's one, sh- I was going to say, there's one other thing that people don't realize, and it doesn't necessarily hit them until the back end in this budget proposal. Let's make sure that everybody knows it's a proposal. Correct. Right. Negotiations is... <laughs> are starting. Amongst Democrats. Right. Um, <laughs> there's a, a, an elimination of a tax credit that keeps medium and large-sized retailers alive. Uh, it's a cap on deductions that large corporations can take on their income taxes. That's going to be eliminated. That's well over $500 million that Pritzker is counting on to try to balance the uh, the so-called balanced budget. But it's a it's it's a big deal because this is one of those things that, according to those who are looking at this right now, it's one of those back-end things that's going to hit middle-income families because they're going to be forced to pay more for the very products that they need to run their households right. because retailers are not going to be able to take this uh, cap on. Uh, they're not, they're not going to be able to take the larger deduction, and they're going to be capped. Wow. Yeah. And, Amy, I think people forget. Remember when Pritzker first came in the office? Remember the um, the Capitol bill and all the, and, and yeah. for the road improvements? Oh, people forget yeah. that all these fees, your your your, your car uh, regist- re- registration fee, oh, all this stuff went up. People, city sticker. And then the gas. And then, the, the gas, gas tax. And then you got to buy toll thing. Yeah, now on top. New, right. And we need a new... Uh, and, and, and what is wrong with Illinoisans? We're getting rid of the old uh, block that yeah. you put on your windshield. The transponder. The transponder, getting, right. That's actually, uh, if, if the, good idea. those who are, it's actually a good idea. And if, if you believe those who are in charge of the toll, tollway, it's going to actually reduce cost yeah, but, over time. So yeah. is it beneficial if, if we all go and get, get rid of the block? And get I want to get rid of all of it, though. I mean, listen. How many t- do because he'll tell you what. in place to pay for schools? Uh, yes. Or is that the lottery? Yes. But all of it. fund schools. But but we're paying we're paying for the roads to be repaved, to be fixed, to be built, and then we have to pay to use the road at the same time. What? I want to cuss. 
Illinoisans, yeah. wake up. Yeah, and you want you continuously want this type of leadership leading you? Get over yourselves. And as, we, Dan, as Dan Prof would say, you you funded the retirement plan of John Quarters Boyle. Yes. Three times over. Yes. Uh, as he uh, skimmed off the top from oh, those uh, one-armed bandits that used to be the baskets. And, uh, and what Illinois are we getting? Though? Roads. The roads are awful. Well, I mean, there's potholes everywhere. I know we had, you know, sub-zero yeah. temperatures and now it's warm. And But are, you go to Europe. Yeah. And I drove through France and Luxembourg and Belgium and the Netherlands. Their roads are gorgeous yeah. and they don't have tolls. And our roads are, I mean, seriously, and our side roads too. It's just, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised I haven't well, broken an axle on you know, the car yet. Construction company, well, look at the unions. taxes they pay too. Yeah. Uh, in well, Europe. yeah, that's true, but still. Well over 50%. But let's build the Autobahn. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Thanks. Thanks, Mike Scott. Connect with Dan and Amy on the AM560, The Answer mobile app. Just text the word APP to 64636 to download the app today. Hey, business owners, is your business and money in good hands? Does your bank invest in your success? Hi, Mike Gallagher here, letting you know that when you need a relationship bank, Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. I love these guys. Not only do they have expansive industry experience, a strong financial track record, but they're also highly capitalized for strategic growth. That's so important. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. They know what it means to grow a business by designing solutions that are right for you and only you. These are real people. They're ready to help. So reach out to my friends at Signature Bank. Make the call today, 773-467-5630, 773-467-5630, or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Your business could be Signature Bank's next success story. Go online, SignatureBank.Bank, member FDIC, Equal housing lender. Signature Bank. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Turnkey.pro answer line. You could reach us too at 64636. Type in DA in a quick comment because uh, Democrats are trying to bleed Trump's businesses dry. New York's Attorney General Letitia James is now threatening to seize Donald Trump's assets if he can't pay that egregious penalty from that civil fraud verdict. I I mean, it is insane what they are doing to our president. And I. You know, at the beginning of all this, I thought, you know, I love Nikki Haley. I'm going to support her. Or, you know, I've flirted with DeSantis. He didn't flirt with me back, though. So that was bad. And I'm with Trump. Yeah. 100%. Good. Okay. Good. You got me to the point. But here she is on ABC News. Now, why, when you get a victory, would you go on ABC News? But, you know, she, she didn't want to get him. She wants to get him. She wants 40 Wall Street. That's what she wants. If he does not have funds uh, to pay off the judgment, uh, then we will seek, uh, you know, judgment enforcement mechanisms in court. And we will ask the judge to seize his assets. We are prepared to make sure that the judgment is paid to New Yorkers. And yes, I look at 40 Wall Street each and every day. I mean, that infuriates me because she wants him to pay now. Yeah. And President Trump responded during that town hall with Laura Ingram. Well, I have a lot of cash, but that doesn't mean he can take it. I mean, you know what he did? I think he looked at my cash and he said, 
Well, we'll take all of his cash. Letitia James is horrible attorney general in New York, campaigned on I will get Trump, I will get Trump. They're sick. And this judge is sick. He got overturned on this case so far, overturned by the appellate division four times already on this case. Uh, 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro answer line. So I didn't know this. I learned this yesterday by watching uh, Fox News Mm -hmm. and reading about it, too. Believe it or not, I do read. Um, (laughs) That he has to, well, Judge Jean Pirro, who I always pronounce her name wrong, she said that he has to pay the 350 mm-hmm. million in order for them for the appeal process to begin. Is that, what? But in, then somebody then um they corrected her and said no, they ha- he has to show that he has 350 million dollars in assets right. which in order to begin the appeal process. Yeah, which he does. Yeah. I mean the properties alone. But he I can- mean how I, you know I've been through some lawsuits yeah. and it is draining yeah. on your yeah. soul. Yeah. And a lot of people Getting crawl up in a ball in a corner, yeah, because it's too much. Yeah, and he is out there fighting every day, yeah, and fighting for us. Because if they could do it to us, if they could do it to him, they he's could been, do it to us. And that's he's been saying that from day one. They're not after me; they're after you. I'm just standing in the way. That was his quote, you know. But I I keep going back to, please help me understand how can somebody running for office target an individual, target this individual. And then use a, an archaic statue to come after him. Where's the due process? I mean, remember, in New York, he was guilty. He was found guilty before the trial even started. Right, because the judge came out. I mean, we knew. Yes. We knew what the judge's positioning was. Why even have a trial? Think about that, Amy. Think about that. Think about that. Think about that's, that happening to you. Because, I mean, look, look, but look, at, look at the fallout of what's happening. You, did you did you hear Kevin uh, Kevin O'Leary? Oh yeah, well, I'm gonna. Grant Cardone basically said cease and desist any work in New York from here on out. Oh yeah, here's Kevin O'Leary on CNN. Yeah, yes. When you get a developer that builds a building, and he says it's worth four hundred million dollars, and he wants to borrow two hundred million from a bank, which happens every day, everywhere on Earth, including every American city. Every developer is an entrepreneur. They shine the light on their building and they say it's worth 400. The bank does its own due diligence, as was done in this case, because they're very good at it. The banks are very good. And they say, no, it's worth 300. We're only going to loan you 150 million. That haggling has gone on for decades. That's how it works. And then in this case, even the bank that was supposedly defrauded testified and said, we didn't lose anything. We want to do business with this guy again. We'd like to, but the judge said, no, 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 no. Let's penalize this developer for $355 million. And if we're going to do that, let's penalize all the developers all across America. They've all done the same thing. All of them should go to jail and we should stop building buildings. That's what the message is from New York. Even the governor herself is concerned about what this looks like to investors all around the world. It's not just U.S. domestic. All well, around the world, people are talking about what happened here. You really think people want to invest money in New York after this? How about we go well, somewhere I, I else? Think, I don't even want to go visit New York ever. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to give them a dime. This is insane what, they, what they're doing. And so what if they did get the $400 Because what, what, every day it's, what, 87000 in interest? Yes. A fine. A fine. Yeah. Oh, 80s? fines. Remember when I said fines oh, from yeah. our previous discussion? Remember, you hear city says, we, don't, we haven't raised any new taxes. But did you increase the fines? A fine is a, a, a an increase in the in a, in a fine uh, fees 
that's a tax. Right. Fees are a tax. So don't miss me with that. I'm sorry. I, I just remember. Right. Yeah, but that 400 million. I mean, don't you think it's probably going to go to illegals in New York? <laughs> well, that's exactly where it's going to go. Instead of you know, seized assets should go to the office. Yeah. You know, to fight crime. But yeah. I don't trust those people. Yeah. But I, he's not. They're not going to get a dime. Three one two six four two five six zero zero. Tom and Oswego, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hey, good morning, guys. I I think us as Republicans slash conservatives need to understand that. You know, we're trying to win certain battles and we're competing in the arena of ideas. They are not. Yep. Their goal is to eliminate us. Ours is to win a position. Theirs is to eliminate the position of opposition. And we better start realizing they put, they don't play by rules. Nope. They don't care about standard norms. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care yep. about us. They care about winning and power. And control. Period. Yep. Perfectly said, Tom. And now they're starting this whole Russian hoax thing. Yeah, yeah. And listen to this. This is from yesterday. Just a montage of Jen Psaki was, or as Dan calls her, Hakeem Jeffries was with. Yeah, was with uh, Nancy Pelosi. Hakeem Jeffries was with. Uh, was on the View. Yeah. Give me yeah. a break. What do you think? We're all wondering this question, Speaker Pelosi. What do you think Putin has on him? I mean, it sure seems like something. So I don't know what he has on him, but I think it's probably financial. And what do you think Putin has on him, on Trump? There's a growing pro-Putin faction in the Republican Party, and it's led by Donald Trump. I mean, they are going, and then this E. Jean Carroll, which I still cannot get over, what she did to Trump. I mean, this happened 30 years ago. Yeah. Still don't know the date. No, she doesn't remember the, she doesn't remember the season. She doesn't remember... The month. Right. Yeah. And she's crazy. She has a cat named Vagina. Hello. She has a <laughs> wall on her house where all the dead dogs' names right. are painted. Right. She's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And she thinks she's going to get, what, $83.3 million? Plus the additional $5 million Plus, in yeah, yeah. Vote. And this is not a serious woman. Yeah. And I've been waiting to play this soundbite <laughs> because I know real rape victims out there. She's not a real rape victim. You've talked about using some of... Trump's money you're about to get um, to help shore up women's rights. Do you know what that might be, what that might look like? Yes, or, Rachel. Yes. Tell me. I had such, such great ideas <laughs> for all the good I'm going to do with this money. First thing, Rachel, you and I are going to go shopping. <gasps> We're going to get completely <laughs> new wardrobes, new shoes, motorcycle for Crowley, new fishing rod for Robbie. Rachel, what do you want? Penthouse? It's yours, nothing. Rachel. Penthouse and uh, France? You want France? You want to go fishing nope. in France? No? Oh. All right. All right. Okay. Was there a turning That's a joke. <laughs> joke. Although, if, if me fishing in France... Could yeah. do something for women's rights. I would take the hit. You know, I would obviously uh, t- take one for the team. I All right, let me, let me, uh, <laughs> as, if, as if you need persuasion in that regard. Let me, let me finish with a final question. Um, Isn't that sickening? Wow. And she says, like, she's not, the first thing I would say if I was in her position, a rape crisis hotline number, um, domestic abuse right. shelter for women and children. You want a penthouse in France? Wow. We're going to go shopping? Wow. This, this is not a serious person. That's, this is just another witch hunt against Trump. They're all and another them. example where they changed the rules yep. so that they could prosecute him. Yep. yep. They're, they're, yeah, they changed the It's infuriating. Uh, Bob in Buffalo Grove, you're on Chicago's oh, Morning Answer. 
Uh, good morning, Amy. Thanks for taking my call. Good to hear you, John, subbing for uh, Dan. I was going to talk about some other topics, but since you're mentioning this one, uh, with regards to the settlement, I'm wishing that some of the conservative businesses in um, New York or uh, New York City would leave. Let's put the pressure on them well, and happening. desert. Desert, you know, a big one would be let's let's have Fox News say we're going to move to Miami. That's a big ask yeah, they to make be. them and, go to uh, New Jersey, but it has been done because during the '68 riots, all the TV stations were in yeah. Detroit, and then they all moved out to the suburbs. Yeah. Well, except for question DIV. for you, Amy. Yes, sir. Question for you, Amy. Mm-hmm. You still there? I'm yeah. here, Bob. How are you? Uh, you mentioned one dog. What what's the story? You have two dogs. I don't let them both out because the other one is in a timeout, Bob. The other one has been a bad pooch. So okay. he's on a tighter leash, if you know what I mean. But thanks, Bob. I'm glad you care about my bullies. Bully bullies. And then one final thing. Mm-hmm. Today is the real President's Day. Oh. It's George Washington's birthday, and it's also Engineers Week. Oh. And nobody mentions that. We love you engineers. Yes, you just yeah. did. And Bob, guess what? Okay. You are our favorite. Well, I, my dad's an engineer, sorry. So he yeah. takes top spot. And then when my son graduates from Georgia Tech in engineering, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then, yeah. then it's you, Bob. Well, then my yeah. grandpa was an engineer. <laughs> yeah. We come from a long line of He's... Swedish engineers. So, all right. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, there thanks were a lot of them home. in Chicago. Yep. That's did, true. Um, we helped build Chicago. You heard about the New York, the truckers in New oh, York. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, oh, this is my friend, Trucker Jake. I love, well, we're, it's not a convoy. It's a non convoy, but anytime I could play the song Convoy. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember this song? No, I don't. Did you, you never <laughs> saw the movie I'm Convoy? With you, I do. I remember this. Anyway, it's not a convoy, it's a boycott, and here's Trucker right. Jake. Breaker Uh-oh. one nine, breaker one nine. Good morning, Patriots. This is Trucker Jake. Let's talk about the New York City trucker boycott. Of course, overnight, liberals all have become experts on the trucking industry. They all know logistics forward and backwards. Well, we're all going to lose our jobs. We're all going to be replaced by AI. Here's the thing. We have a deficit in this country of 85,000 truck drivers. You want to do AI? Bring it. We could use the help. But it's not going to happen in my lifetime. It's not going to happen in your lifetime. It's not going to happen in your grandkids' lifetime. And then you're going to say, oh, the, the, the illegals, they're going to take your jobs. Really? The illegals? They can't pass a background check, can't pass a drug screening, and then you got the language barrier? What insurance company is going to hire someone who cannot pass a background check? So anyway, truckers, you're safe. Those of you truckers who have to work, totally get it. You do you. No one's going to eat your lunch if you're not going to, you know, and guess what? There are female truckers, too. Here's yeah. trucker Jesse Hernandez. It could shut New York City down. Um, and, you know, I don't want to hurt the people of New York. That's not what I'm trying to do. But my part in it, if if New York just loses 10%, just 10% of the trucks that go in there, their prices are going to skyrocket on everything from milk to eggs to any type of goods that the consumer needs. So here's the, our good friend Curtis Sliwa is going to be joining us at 8 o'clock, oh, yeah. and we're going to ask him about the truckers and yeah. what's going guardian on. Guardian Angel and guy, if they're, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, he's a guardian angel. Cat lover, too, but he's going to be oh, joining gosh. us to see if it's really 
making a dent in what's going on in New York. All right, let's go to Frank Tinley Park here on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hi, Frank. How you doing? It seems like Daniel's going to need evidence for the appeal. Why doesn't he put his buildings up for sale and go to court with those bids and not really sell them? But you've got rich Saudis and Russian oligarchs and Chinese billionaires that would love to have Trump Towers. Yeah, I think Letitia James wants that Trump Tower uh-huh. to herself. Man, the way she's foaming at the mouth, she's so excited. Like, this is her biggest moment. Yeah. And you know in her little circles with her friend, girlfriend, they're texting. They're, of course. You know, this is just, oh, you're our I hero. Him. I got him. Yeah. Well, guess what? You didn't get him. All right, Mike and Hammond, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Hey. Uh, Amy, I think I don't think Trump was ever they ever accused him of rape. The, the woman said that he it was some kind of sexual assault or sexual. No, it's sexual abuse. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, and whatever. it was a civil yeah, trial. Was he was never charged crazy. criminally. Never charged criminally. No, no. It's too late. Well, they even opened up. They even opened up a small window yeah. specifically so she could yeah. do this. Yeah. Oh, and I know. It, it was it was a, it was set up from the beginning. And and uh, you had a previous caller talk about <clears throat> the, how the left doesn't care about the Constitution. That that's one of the biggest problems we have is there's no penalty for anybody, a criminal penalty, which there should be every time our civil rights are violated, whether it's censorship with the government, the FBI doing what they're doing. There should be severe criminal penalty. I, we're not allowed to do anything. Our Constitution means nothing because it, they don't care. Like like you, you had said, they don't care. And for, as far as the New Yorkers go. They deserve what they get. They voted these people in because they ran on getting Trump. Yep. So I don't have zero sympathy for the people who live there. They, they should stay there and wallow in it. Thank right. you. Thank you, Mike. Hear about the big stories of the day, then talk about them right here on Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Only the biggest stories, only the biggest guests, and only the biggest opinions. This is AM560, The Answer. All right, welcome back to Chicago's Morning Answer. Amy Jacobson here, John Anthony in for Dan Proft. And, um, hey, thank you. <laughs> I'm just coaching them how to make I know, we have a mic. house guest because yeah. we normally don't have people yeah. in the studio. We, we <laughs> love to have it, so I yeah. call anybody who comes through that door a house guest. Yeah, I have them in the studio a lot, all the time. Yeah, so your show this Saturday, Saturday from seven. 4 to 7, yes. is going to be featuring what? Actually, Give it a little tease. Actually, we're going to be doing an 11th Congressional District debate oh. on the first hour with um, doctor, the, the doctor we have in the studio. Dr. Kent yeah. Mercado and the other well, two I candidates. Didn't say That's, you know. Well, I am. I and know. then who are the other two running against them? So Susan uh, Altman, mm-hmm. Susan Hathaway Altman, and Jerry Davis. All right. So they'll be joining me live in the studio Saturday. Okay, Dr. Mercado, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. What a pleasure. And the first question always is, why are you running? <laughs> no, I'm running. I'm a doctor, a lawyer, a humanitarian. I'm a father and a husband, and I wanted to have a bigger impact. I do a lot of different things when it comes to uh, natural disaster relief. I was in, uh, I got 1,000 hospital beds for Haiti, and pardon me, for uh, uh, Katrina, did amputations in Haiti, and I've also uh, got $10 million worth of supplies for Pakistan when they had the flood relief. What I'm trying to do is being able to have a bigger impact and to help more people. I'm running as a center uh, person, and it's funny because a lot of times people thought I was a Democrat because I do so many do-gooder things. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I know. People don't realize that Republicans this are Republican. very philanthropic. Absolutely. And that's absolutely. a whole no, the Democrats just group have, that they, they, they ignore. 
Right. The Democrats will go ahead and say, well, we need government funding for this. The Republicans will actually do it. Exactly. I hear you. Um, so how has your district been impacted, though, by the migrant crisis at all? And again, we're talking about the 11th district. Uh, Bill Foster's currently the congressman there. Um, has, has the migrant crisis affected your district? It's beginning to. What they're doing is that they're doing a lot of buses and drop-offs. Uh, I know when I was in, I believe it was Huntley, uh, and they dropped off a, a, a group of people. By the time I got there, I was in Huntley, you know, two minutes away. They had already put them back onto the train. <laughs> oh, my. That and quickly? Like, that quickly. Like that. that It only took me five minutes to get there. But are you a shut-down-the-border type oh, of guy? Oh, absolutely. If you think about it, it's just like when people have, oh, my goodness, my tub is overflowing. So they're going ahead and they're taking little cups and they're putting it into the sink, trying to do that. Anybody ever think about turning off the faucet? You know. <laughs> that would be yeah. yeah, that would be a good That's thing. That would be a nice start. But That'd I keep nice hearing start. that you know, uh, Biden's going to have a reset yeah. right before the State of the Union in March. Yeah. Uh, the first week, I think it's March 4th, is the State of the Union. And that, that's when he's going to sign an executive order and finally stop the flow of immigrants. Because that mm. issue, but, but it's been three years of filling up this country with people who are going to vote Democratic. Right. And that's the thing. So well, it's hard to... Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you're talking about they wanted to limit uh, one of the bills that they were passing. Uh, they wanted to limit it to 5,000 people a day. I just did my math, and I think that's 1.8 million people. I think that would make it the fourth largest city in the United Jeez. States. Gosh, that's crazy. John, do you have any? Yeah, I, I, actually, yeah. I do. Um, I'm looking at the map of the district. It went from five counties to now eight counties. Mm-hmm. There's now a more rural area. Can you Absolutely. walk us through the yeah. district? Like, well, how so, far so, north, east, So it west? used to be Kane, uh, Kane County, DuPage, Kendall, Will, which I used to live in the 11th in Kendall County. And uh, oh, now yeah. it's Boone, McHenry, DeKalb, Lake County, Kane County, uh, Will, and they, they've added a little bit more of Cook County into that district. Huh, I wonder why. Must be a large influx of Democrat voters there. Huh? Of, of course. It's just the idea of gerrymandering. I mean, yeah. I know uh, Governor Jerry in Massachusetts made a salamander district, but this is ludicrous. Yeah. The way that they do that, if you take a look at St. Charles, mm-hmm. it's uh, in that St. Charles Township has three different congressional districts wow. that run through that. They did that on purpose because they divided something that is pretty conservative. And they just moved it out. The new section, um, all of the Boone County mm-hmm. and, uh, McHenry. and McHenry and DeKalb, DeKalb. Uh, and a little bit of Lake, um, that part is about a D, pardon me, an R10. That part's good, but it's only 45% of the district. Oh, there it is. So that's, that's how So it went from a D plus 13 to a D plus 5 now? About, because okay. you have about uh, D10 in the other 55%. And what that means is the, the, the average amount of victory. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, it was a 13-point victory Correct. Um, Bill Foster had against Catalina Law. But now, based upon the, the drafting of the new map, now they're saying it's a D-plus-5 district. He's well, looking to win by five. He's looking to win by five. And I've been focusing a lot of my efforts on Naperville and uh, and Aurora and Downers Grove and a lot of those areas to get my What's your map. message? Because when you look at it, you have a lot now. I mean, these are the, the big collar counties. This is why the Illinois Republican Party has languished. What, what has been your message that, that those, because I, I heard the ad on the air, the kitchen table issues that people are responding to from your campaign? Well, that's what it is. I've talked to thousands of people, and they want to go ahead and focus on the economy. They want to go ahead and bring back jobs. They want to go ahead and uh, uh, lower inflation. They want to go ahead and work on cost of living infrastructure. They, safety is a huge thing. Yeah. Uh, educational access, particularly in many of the different communities. There's a lot of uh, new generation uh, either uh, – 
Chinese or Indian or, or Pakistan, where education is the absolute number one uh, issue for them. Amy, did you hear what was missing? What? That he didn't say property taxes. Although that's one of the highest property taxes as as, as property, tax property, area, yes. property tax area in the in the state. He didn't mention that. You know why? Because when you look at the state of Illinois, that's that's been something that Republicans have talked about for eons. But what has happened? Has any have you seen any change? Have you seen if anything, the Republicans have dwindled because people pay lip service to that. They they know that they're paying a lot of property taxes. And I what what I found when I was running, property taxes, yeah, people are paying a lot, but it's not more important than the education, it's not more important no. than the safety. And Republicans yeah. haven't shifted. I mean, their yesterday message. a woman got robbed in Hinsdale. Yeah. Did you see that? She yeah. was filling up her car with gas. She left the car running, doors open, not open, but unlocked, and the yeah. guy came around and just took off and yeah. There she was, left stranded. Yeah. So what are you hearing from undecided suburban female voters? That's been one of my biggest focuses. One of the things that I'm doing is that um, I'm regarding abortion, which is a big uh, hot topic issue. Um, that's after Dobbs. It is a, uh, a state issue. And I'm not doing anything regarding uh, any any state legend from any federal laws. Uh, and it's a state issue. Right. So you, there's no federal actions. There's no federal needed? actions that I'm going to do. Absolutely not. So the and and Lindsey that Graham 15 week heartbeat bill. Nope. 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 And that's that's something that is uh, very works very well within the uh, uh, suburban woman uh, group. Well, what about Ukraine? So let's move over there. Should the United States provide Ukraine with money in its fight against Russia? No, only uh, only old equipment. Old equipment. No old money. equipment. Okay. Well, because there's no accountability. I mean, right now, every time you look at it, any time you ask for somebody to go ahead and do a, a review, oh, no, 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 no. They can't, you can't keep on giving somebody money. If, you know, when you own your own business, I know you do, if you go to the bank to get some money, they, you have to have a, a business plan, you have to have that, then they go ahead and they check on it to make sure you're going ahead and following all the rules and things like that. There's no stop, uh, there's no uh, measurements with right. that. What about Israel? Should the U.S. provide Israel with money to fight against Hamas? No, just again, same thing. It's just just equipment. Israel's doing fine financially. You don't think they need our help? They're going to. I mean, I I think that would I I think that they're fine, but I I do support them completely. Yeah. Okay. Where are you with Donald Trump? Are you are you supportive of the the Republican nominee oh. who's eventually going to be Donald Trump? Of course. Yeah. One hundred percent behind him. There, there you go. MAGA <laughs> all the way. No, I'm actually not MAGA, but I do support his policies. Well, what does that mean to be MAGA? Because I keep saying well, MAGA Republicans. And like, no, I voted for Trump. Am I MAGA? Yeah, what makes it, somebody MAGA? Uh, that, it's just a caricature. I'm just asking. Among- it's just a caricature that the left has created to, to, to demonize a certain people. And if anything, it's, it's more of the agenda of America first. At least that's what I stand with. Okay. I stand with the agenda of America first. You know, Now, MAGA, what is MAGA? Make America great again. You got to admit, when Trump was running for office, America was in dire straits. He said, "You know what?" He 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 took the the message of, of was it Ronald Reagan, and made America great again. You can't you can't that is undeniable. Well, it absolutely is. I mean, the you just brought up Reagan. Yeah, are you better off four years? Right. Of, you know, than you were four years ago? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. I mean, you could say three years. I get it. But the whole concept is that you are not better off yeah. in almost any capacity that you can look at. It's eleven thousand dollars more per family right. in in the last three years. Now inflation has come down magically, a coincidence, a that little, you know, uh, uh. because of that. But you've already got twenty five percent interest or twenty, right. whatever, whatever the amount is. I mean, right. it's just it's just ludicrous. I went and I get, I'm 
again, uh, we're almost empty nesters, and I, I went just to uh, to get things. I bought two bags of groceries for my wife and I, $68. Two plastic bags. I know, and probably no alcohol or dog no, no, food no, or cat no, food in there. No meat, Egg. no alcohol. No, meat, yep. no eggs. You know, I mean, no eggs, it would have been 60. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, you know, 100. Yeah. No, I know. It's it's um, it's just a mind scratcher. Boxes of cereal are about, oh, they're so, oh I know, I'm all in my cereal. boxes. I want to move from goldfish to boxes of cereal. <laughs> Eleven ninety nine. I no, saw $12 for bacon. a box of Cocoa Puffs. Bacon. I, I'm, I'm the biggest connoisseur of bacon. I love and bacon. bacon is so the price expensive. of bacon today from what I was paying for it? Are you freaking kidding me? What I do is I drive to Northwest Indiana, and I actually buy boxes of cereals for uh, Quinn's son, Emmett, <laughs> and maybe for Quinn, too. But you go to the uh, the Walmart in Hammond, and it's like three ninety nine. For the, oh. And you're buying the same thing, and that's a mega box, and you're buying a smaller version mm-hmm. for eleven ninety nine. Yeah, oh in Chicago. Word. So it's or even in Illinois, does you don't have to be in Chicago. Yeah. All right. So the last uh, topic I want to get on real quick: Should there be a law requiring background checks on all gun sales? I believe there should be. There should be, but it has to be a very logical one. Where you're going to head and and do that? It's a universal background check where you share the information. There was a a mass murder that was created. In uh, because they did have a fellow who was dishonorably discharged uh, for having mental uh, issues, mm-hmm. and if they would have just checked that, that would have saved. Uh, oh, I saved. know. There's so many cases where they've slipped through the cracks. They, they've slipped it's through the cracks. So frustrating. Now, see, now uh, I'm I'm a absolutist when it comes to the Second Amendment. I don't think there should be any. Infringement oh, I do. Uh, no, no, I I, 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 I understand no, that. Here's my question, um, because. When you look at the last seven, eight mass shooters, they've all been from the trans community. They've all been um, uh, people that have been on the FBI's so-called watch list. list. Um, I think the laws are already there to stop a lot of the things that that are happening in this country. We just don't have people who – because remember, we had a Chicago mayor who famously said, never let a good crisis go to waste. This is what they believe in. No, I understand that. I want to enforce the current laws that we have. That's that's you know, and just make sure that they're sharing of information. I don't really want to have. First of all, how many laws on, on that? I I talked to Pat, who's the uh, state's attorney in um, McHenry County, yeah. and uh, I said, how many violent crimes were committed by uh, by somebody with their own registered gun so far this year? Actually, this was in November. It was zero. Yeah, it was zero. Yeah, most of the laws that they're trying to do do not, absolutely do not uh, um, help. What, what no, they is, go after the good guy. They, they go after the good guy. So I'm working with a bunch of people. There's a guy named Lombardo. I'm working with Oh, no, people. yeah, Dave. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I'm working with Dave. I'm working with a few other people to find legislation that, uh, that will actually work. Because yeah. right now I'm not seeing it. Even gun clips or banana clips, all you have to do I is— I got legislation. Here's, here's, the, here's the gist of the bill. Follow the current law. Boom, in the bill. <laughs> in the bill. Enforce in the bill. it. In, yeah, in the bill. In the bill. That's, that's, that's the bill— you let you get all the congressmen, all the senators to vote for it. Um, I personally, I don't think we need any other new new legislation as it relates to the Second Amendment. Um, I, I'm 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 a stickler on that. I'm I'm for open. I'm an open carry kind of guy. You know, I I believe I believe if I want to go buy a bazooka, I should be able to go buy a bazooka because when you look at what's happening um, with, with with the invasion at our borders, <laughs> I see it concealed carry. Um, when you look at the invasion that's happening at our borders, our government is trying to try, trying to take away our ability to defend ourselves, and yet we are allowing all these people. I mean, I saw a video, Syrians. 
Iranian, oh, Yemen, Houthis. China, 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 Syria, Georgia, Turkey. Yeah. They're all coming in in California. Yes. That because oh. Yes, and you want to you want to take away my ability to defend myself from guess what? Them and you, the government? Yes, I said it. The government. I said that. You know what? I mean, I just got to say something real quick. Mm-hmm. When you look at, I'm not talking to you, doctor. When you look at how a lot of the former the founding fathers spoke about independence and freedom, um They've shut us down as individuals with the ability to speak as they spoke. You know, I, I, I just gave a speech the other day in LaSalle, and I said, people forget about the tree of liberty. That's all I'll say. But the tree, the tree of liberty needing to be refreshed. We can't have those type of conversations today. They want to shut us down and quiet us because now we're, we're insurrectionists. No, we want to keep you, the government. And this is how our founding farmers, founding farmers, founding founders looked at the system of government, the republic, not a democracy. I want the death of democracy. I want to see the republic rise again. Is that where you're at? Absolutely. One of the things when it comes to, uh, to, to guns and all the new rules that they're coming in, particularly the Safety Act and some of the other things about registration, yeah. um, I inherited a very large military gun collection from my father. I'm very fortunate that I have property in Wisconsin so that I do oh, not so have to yeah. register like a sex offender. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's humiliating. All right, we're going to have to leave it there. Dr. Kent Mercado, surgeon, attorney, father, and congressional candidate for the 11th District. How can people get more information about your campaign? ElectDrKent.com. E-L- no, yeah, elect yeah. Dr. Kent. D.R. Kent. D.R. Kent. Yes. Okay, thank you very much. Listening to Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560. The Answer. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. All right, good Monday morning. Amy Jacobson here, John Anthony, and for Dan Proft. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's always fun. first two hours fun. Ooh, Flies by when you're having fun. All right, so President, I still was going to call him President Biden, President <laughs> Trump, former President Trump. Did you watch the town hall with him and Laura I did. Ingram? I, that was that was. I thought that was one of the best town halls he's done in a very long time. Yeah, he's maturing. He's fresh. He's and and I love what he said about how we'll know he succeeded. Like the question Republicans. about score settling, a lot, a lot of women, you know, they don't, a lot of women voters, they don't like the name calling, they don't like the score settling, they just, they love your policies, and they just want Trump's policies, maybe not so much of the other stuff. So I think that's what the, the question, well, no, if but, you don't mind my asking, I think that's what she's getting Well, at. But, I, but also you want to say, how do you get together? We're going to get together through success. When this country, the country was at a level that we've never, we had the best employment numbers in history, everything was good. And this country was coming together. Then we got hit with COVID. But this country came together. Uh, I don't care about the revenge thing. I know they usually usually use the word revenge. Will there be revenge? Uh, My revenge will be success. That was a wonderful moment, don't you think? It was. I agree. I I mean, he sounds, I don't know. I don't know if he's he's taken to the coaching that they're giving him. But, I mean, Remember, Trump would have run off and said all type of stuff. No, oh, remember when he would like rip on Carly Fioretti, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he'd change, you know, different yes. people. Yes. Talk about Megyn Kelly and yeah. blood coming out oh. of her eyes, and who else knows where else? I mean, all that stuff put behind us. Yeah. 
and think of the policies. But the person is getting better. With more on that, let's welcome back to the program Zelina Zito, our good friend, national political reporter and author of The Great Revolt Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping American Politics. And you can check out all of her articles at selenazito.com. Good morning, Selena. How are you? Good morning. I'm swell. How are you guys? Good. Good. So you wrote a number of articles, but I wanted to start with uh, Biden's Friday afternoon visit to East Palestine, Ohio. And uh, was anything accomplished by that? Oh, no. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I don't think it was a very good moment for Biden to come to East Palestine. Uh, he um, he he was definitely a year too late, six months late, three months late. Uh, he didn't offer a state of a declare a state of emergency. So that doesn't free up funds. And he railed against the railroad instead of look these people here. My, my great grandfather was born and raised in East Palestine. These people want aspiration. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. They also want answers. They're looking. They were hopeful for funding for baseline um, testing that was offered by Senator J.D. Vance to the White House, baseline testing of their health so their health can be monitored over the next few years so that you don't get to a Camp Lejeune-type settlement. 40 years later. And and they received none of that. So it was it was a hollow visit. And then here's a, a reaction from an East Palestine resident. He has not helped us. He's too little too late. Do you want the federal government to step in? At this point, I'll take anything. <laughs> you know, we're crying for somebody to help us to either get us out of the situation or go back and clean this properly. I mean, how many people have moved out of that town? Are, I mean, are there still a sizable population? I mean, there's still a sizable population. You can't move out because you can't sell your house. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. they're, they're really kind of trapped there. There are some people that just have left, and that's not good either. And, you know, and, and, and I, need, I think it's important to point out East Palestine before the train derailment was not one of those down-on-their-knees Appalachian towns. This is a thriving village. They have good work uh, jobs available all around the uh, the village, the main street is prosperous. There wasn't boarded up buildings. The houses are neat and tidy. So it's not as though it was a scar upon a scar. This was a fresh wound to people who have, for generations, been very proud to be from East Palestine. And you said your great grandfather's from there. He he was he. Um, he even ran for state representative mm. as, as a free oh, wow. silver during the 1896 um, uh, presidential election with William uh, Jennings Bryant and, and William McKinley. Wow. Uh, he got 12 votes. So um, <laughs> Wait, how many votes did he get? 12. Oh, well, you know, it's better than one or two, right? Right. He went on to be, be the mayor of a neighboring uh, town for 50 years. So what, I think he did all right. Yeah, he did. What was his line of work? Or was he just then became uh, a professional a politician? Miner. He was a coal miner. Oh, wow. That dying industry. Remember when Obama was going to make them all put them in yeah. the tech industry or coding? Yes. How did that work out, Selena? Not so much. Yeah, not so much. You ever been in a coal mine? 
Have I been in a coal mine? No, I've it's, I have. It's spooky and scary. It sounds like the bowels of hell are. Have you been in a coal I've mine? Twice. In Illinois? Yeah, in Illinois. It's I know scary. people forget that we, we've coal, yeah. coal miners. Down south. But, down south in Illinois. Yeah. So what's it like down there, Selena? Oh, well, it depends on what kind of mine you go down. Yeah. I mean, if you go down an elevator, um, like 1,500 feet, oh. uh, and you go into the mine, it's all the walls are painted white. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's not that sort of feeling of, of doom and dark and, 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 you know, you take the, it's called a man car. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I drove, I drove on a man car for almost eight miles across three States underground. Now you climb into a coal mine or you walk into a coal mine. That's very different. Um, and that's very, (laughs) you have to have a certain fortitude to do something like that. I'm not gonna lie. When I was in there, I just kept thinking, "What if these walls just collapse right now?" That's, that's all I kept, kept thinking. <laughs> that's all I kept thinking. But but well, what's what's happening in Pitts in, in Pennsylvania? I, you wrote an article with Middle Core America's Dying Art, and we're talking about coal miners. Um, what's happening with 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 what's happening with the union people over there and Joe Biden? Because he's losing a lot of them, right? Yeah. So so Biden is. Um the the Middle America Dying Hard story was a story about Weirton, um, West Virginia, which is right, if you know anything about the geography, it's like right there with Pennsylvania and Ohio. Like yeah. people that worked at the plant lived in all three states. Uh, and at one time it employed 15,000. The last 900 people lost their job last week. Wow. Um, it all had to do with a, a trade decision made in D.C. that did not level the playing field between um, – between uh, China and Mexico and um, American steel products. And they cost more to make here because of the labor cost, but also because of regulation. We have a lot of stringent regulations. And and so they just shut it down. And that's the end. And I think that people need to understand when, when, when a big business like that closes, it's not just 900 people that lost their jobs. It's the people that make the widgets for the steel mill. It's the people that supply the uniforms and the tools. It's also the barbershops and beauty salons and mom and pop shops and motels and hotels and everything, the school districts. So these kinds of things really create um, a shift in politics away from who the voter believes is as fault for ignoring them. So true. Well, now you also wrote an article at selenazito.com about a man named Mark Rayfield, who's a Northeast Pennsylvania native. Tell us about him. So I wrote a story um, entitled Biden Cannot Afford to Lose One Vote in Pennsylvania. And it's very true. He only he narrowly won the state by, um, I think it was 60,000 votes. Um, it's somewhere around there. And so he's already having problems with the black vote. He earned 92% of the black vote in 2020. In the latest polling done in Pennsylvania, it's down to 59%. That, mm. that's, that in it on itself is enough to lose the state, let alone the problems he's having with the far left. And then there's voters that I don't think he saw coming that are, are leaving, and that's the Mark Rayfield of the, of the world. This is a suburban Philadelphia uh, highly successful Democrat, Democrat all of his life, who's like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm just, I'm done. I'm not going to vote for Trump, 
but uh, I'm also not voting for Biden. So are they just going to sit this election out? Well, they might go third party. Of course, if you read the story, Mark Mark is really hopeful that there's like some like Hollywood dramatic moment at the convention (laughs) and that someone else is picked. And that might happen. We certainly are in a crazy year. Um, Robert Kennedy. We are since 2012. Is Robert Kennedy on the ballot in, um, in Pennsylvania? Um, I believe he will be, yes. Oh. So that but this guy Mark Rayfield, he voted for Biden in twenty twenty. He voted for John Fetterman, which I, I just after seeing that debate with Dr. Oz, I, I that still befuddles me that people voted for him. But a million people had cast their vote before that debate happened with yeah. early voting. Right, correct. So yes, is anybody correct. making sure that the the integrity of the election there in Pennsylvania is gonna be sound? Um, you know, the problem with the election here in Pennsylvania wasn't in 2020 wasn't the integrity that was pretty sound the problem was they kept changing the rules um during COVID and and extending um mail-in voting so so that created an untrustworthiness to the system by a lot of voters uh and and so that is what they're locking down now so that there's no changes made those kinds of things cause people not to trust the system and and um they've been working hard in the legislature to make sure that that is not the case ever again and selena my my good friend is uh he's a former state rep mike pascaric i don't know if you know who he was who he is um i I had a conversation with him about two weeks ago i mean he has some bombshell information that i believe if that if it ever i mean he wants to talk about how we can go and um, release basically what she's saying how they change the rules and Republicans yeah. did absolutely nothing in Pennsylvania. There's no backbone whatsoever, and he and he would know he was there serving in the legislative body as a state rep. Well, in give me Pre- some details. Yeah, well, I, we can't just yet, but, uh, but um, he and I are going to go live and talk about it coming up. Wow, that'll be what? Not this this Saturday, not this week, not this the Saturday, following no. Saturday. Correct. We have to give Selena Zito a heads up. So That's right. She can listen to the conversation. <laughs> but here in Illinois, Selena. So in Illinois, they count ballots, mail-in ballots, two weeks after election day. Two weeks, a month, a month. No, I'm no just it's kidding. it's two weeks. I mean, that's our state law. Is there anything crazy like that in Pennsylvania or Ohio? Um, I forget how it, it is extended. That was part of the problem. See, the, the problem for the the state legislature in our in Pennsylvania was not that they didn't have the power. They did. They were the majority. Um, However, there was a Democratic governor, there was a Democratic attorney general, and there also was a Democratic state Supreme Court, which cut off absolutely everything they tried to do to stop it. Yeah. Um, so that that was the big challenge in, 20, in 2020. Yeah. All right. Selena Zito, you can read all of her columns at selenazito.com and the ones that we were mentioning Middle America is dying. She wrote for the Washington Examiner.com. Selena, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Have a, have a great day. You, you too. There's birds chirping in the background. I can hear it. <laughs> Sounds so tranquil. And Selena joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. It's news, opinion, insight. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560. The answer. Only the biggest stories, only the biggest guests, and only the biggest opinions. This is AM560, The Answer. So do you ever think you'll own an electric vehicle, an EV, as they say? No. 
Why not, John? Do you not care about climate change, young man? Well, from some of the scientists that I've re- read, um, it's a farce. As no. you're telling me it's a lie? Yeah, some of it, most of it, 99% of it. Yeah, did you hear yesterday Chicago suing five petroleum yeah. oil yeah, companies? Because they're com- comparing it to the tobacco industry, yeah. Yeah. saying that you know it's harming consumers and killing people. Yeah. And that's what the oil refineries are doing. All the gas they re- releasing from their own mouths is yeah. killing us. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> all, the what? all the BS that they're pushing out. That's what's ki- destroying us. Okay. These, these, these idiot leaders that we have and their policies. And they don't care about us. No, all right, don't. well, we're getting word that the Biden administration is considering delaying its onerous EB uh, mandate past 2030. Mm. And with more on that, let's welcome to the program. I do believe this is her first time here. Elaine Parker, JCN, Chief Communications Officer. How are you doing? Good morning, Mrs. Parker. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Or is it Ms. Parker? I don't know, but we'll just call you Elaine Parker. Um, So tell us what's going on. Yeah, well, it looks like the Biden administration has has, uh, blinked in the face of widespread opposition across the political spectrum Um, You know, last year, as you mentioned, the Biden administration had proposed new rules to make two thirds of all uh, vehicle sales electric by 2032. Very aggressive. And they heard from everybody basically in opposition to it. They heard from the auto industry, which pleaded with them to tap the brakes. They heard from the labor unions, uh, which expressed fierce opposition because they can see the writing on the wall when it comes to their jobs. They heard from dealers who said, we can't sell these things. They're sitting on our lot. We've got six to 12 months of of, uh, inventory. And they heard from our small business owners through our polling that showed 70% of small business owners opposed the EV mandates. So the lesson here is never underestimate the power of the people to change bad policies. But some people swear by their EVs. They love them. Well, so I, I agree. I, I'm glad. I, I'm a free market person, and I believe that, um, e- that consumers should have more choice and more competition. Um, that makes products better, yep. right? That's, that's what our system is made up of. The problem I have with the EV market and the government stepping in is these mandates and the tax subsidies that go along with the EVs distort the market. I think that EVs should fall under the same economic um, realities and the same free market pressures that every other um, industry falls under. And that means providing choice and competition um, and the best product and best quality and the best price for, for the consumers and let the consumers choose. We don't have that right now with EVs. We have dealers that are losing money, uh, auto manufacturers that are losing money, and most importantly, taxpayers that are losing money on all of these subsidies. Um, the only the only entity that invests in a losing business model is our government. And uh, if, just think the post office versus FedEx. Um, the post office loses billions a year. FedEx is profitable. Yeah. And yet we continue investing in the post office. Yeah. When was the last time you went to a post office, Elaine? <laughs> I think exactly. no, I, went, I went two weeks ago as I had to mail some chocolates to my mom that I got in France. Oh, and nobody was there. It was like, there's no lines anymore. No. You just walk in and. Depends on where you're at. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Manuka, small town like mine, it's it's crap. So we had this. Um, I don't know where you're stay in the country or where you're living right now, but we had a horrible cold snap, and a lot of people with electronic vehicles were left out in the cold, and they could not charge 
their Teslas and their other electronic vehicles. Yeah, I did see those uh, reports. They did make national news. Um, yeah, there, look, there are issues with the range of these batteries, the charging capacity, um, the, the price of the vehicle is obviously exceptionally high, and the reliability in, in cold climates like that. I, I happen to be in Florida, so that part's not going to be an issue for us. But the infrastructure to support the EVs, um, I have a friend who, who has an EV, and I actually just recently learned a little bit more about them than I knew. Mm -hmm. um, you really are buying into inconvenience. And if, if that's what you want to do, then again, consumer's choice. I'm, I'm supportive of that. But you can't just go charge your EV whenever you want. You have to actually let the battery run all the way down before you charge it back up. So every time you get in the car, you're actually thinking, where's my next charge? Where's my next charge? And then once you get to that point where you're charging it, you have to stay in the car with it. Right, you and you just to wait. Like I, I had a, sorry for interrupting, but I had a, a Uber driver with uh -huh. an EV. He said he has to wait in the car for 30 minutes. And one time he fell asleep while he was charging his car and he got a $200 bill. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just not the consumer who wants to buy into that inconvenience right now. But there is uh, a group of people, a population that wants it. It's right. just a very small population right now. As the technology gets better, maybe that will change. But I still think that we shouldn't be subsidizing an industry like this and letting the government pick winners and losers. I mean, we had that with Solyndra. This is actually Solyndra on steroids. That's true. But the minority running everything. Hmm. Sounds so, sounds so familiar in, in, in American politics, doesn't it? No, but uh, I am for an all of the above approach. I really am. Uh, I, I told you, I, I mean, I used to sit on the, um, the energy committee when I was a state rep here in Illinois. So I get it. I understand it. But you know, I'm, I'm thinking back now, and this may be a, this part joke, but part serious. I mean, that right. movie we just saw, Leave the World Behind, when the with the EV oh, vehicles just into slamming each into each other. Well, they have that self-driving right. mechanism. But what I'm saying is, you, you you have this you have this fast movement towards everything becoming either electric or or um, digitized. Or, I mean, look at what Gavin Newsom is doing. He want what stoves without all electric stoves yeah, in, in, no, in no the houses. No, no gas, gas no gas imprints, right? You look we're at what's doing happening. That in Chicago and we're doing here for in Chicago. Construction. Yes. Right. But my, my thing is, what about the control mechanisms that's that's are we safe if we if we go to an all electric grid? And can the grids uh maintain uh the the pool from being all electric? That's a lot there. Did we lose it? No, I'm here. Oh. I'm here. The, the 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 grid. I mean, it's clear that right now the grid cannot support this um, aggressive move towards all electric. Um, and I'm sure many of us have grandparents and parents who do not want to give up their gas stoves. Um, but it, it's not a stretch as as you see this aggressive move towards um, all electric um, to imagine a rationing process. Um, due to an, an insufficient power grid if we do this too fast. And we already kind of saw how the government decides who's essential and who's not essential during COVID, right? Yep. So imagine this rationing process. If our grid can't support what our government is trying to force down our throats so quickly and so aggressively, um, who's more important? Mm. Um, when I wake up in the morning, am I more important than my neighbor for going to work? Um, is it our government officials that are the most important to go to work? And who's, who's the most important here? And, and who gets to decide? 
Um, so those are all issues that people probably haven't thought a lot about. Um, but, but that goes beyond just the cost of the car, the infrastructure, uh, the, the cost of replacing the battery. It can be as much as $20,000. I mean, there's, there's a lot of downside to this. Again, I am all about all of the above and free market forces, mm -hmm. but that's not what's happening here. But I don't want government to be able to basically turn off my stove or because I think it's going to get to that point. With oh, smart in, televisions. Unless Trump's yeah. reelected. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's now. I, I don't think it's going to happen now. I think I think that's I mean, you never know that. I'm sure the technology exists, but I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm really not a conspiracy theorist. I promise you I am not. But, but when you look at what what they've been able to do, and I think COVID was a trial run for a lot of things to see how much just how much the American people or the world would take from government leaders. And I, like I just how compliant. We right. Would how be? compliant yes. we would be. That I mean. Is is, is is that reasonable or am I just way out there in uh, Twilight Land? Well, look, I think people um, really did feel like they lost a lot of freedoms. I mean, they were told their children couldn't go to school. They were told they had to wear masks. Um, they were told whether or not they could open their businesses. Um, they were told whether or not they could go to restaurants. And I, I think that the large majority of Americans uh, didn't like that. Now, you know, with this... With this, uh, with EVs, I don't think that any of this means that people don't like electric vehicles right. and they're not in favor of sustainability. Again, I'm probably not going to be a consumer of an EV um, because of the in inconvenience factor that I see. Um, but I think what it means is they're not against EVs; they're against mandates. That's right. Yep. Americans don't want to be told what to do. That's I true. want choice. That's, that's true. For sure. All right, Elaine Parker, we're going to have to leave it there for today. She is the JCN Chief Communications Officer. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We'll have you back soon. And she joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. It's news, opinion, insight. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. All right, the phone lines are open, 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro answer line. You could also text us at 64636, type in DA, then a quick comment. Are you okay? are you choking over there? I, I'm not going to say it, yes. Am I going to have to perform the Heimlich? What are you eating? I'm eating pecans. The what? Pecans. Pecan. Pecans. Oh, we have pecans? Yeah. Oh, in the snack cart? Yes. Outside our yeah. HR Normally, I don't store. eat to, to, to noon. I'll, you know, I do intermittently, intermittent fast. Intermit oh. That went down the wrong way. Intermittent fasting. That really did go down the wrong way. All right. Well, can you can I can you stop eating for a second? So I we did. Can do I'm a trying radio to stop. Show, please? I'm trying to stop. It. Um, but this fasting thing, so you don't eat until noon. Well, now you just ate. It's... Well, I because I'm up earlier. Okay. It's been. I mean, using so. And much then, energy. is there a cutoff time? Um, depends on what my day. Okay. Yeah, normally after I eat dinner, no more eating. No more like any. No I try snacking. not. To. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Because I'm not that. a big sweet eater. I don't eat a lot of. Sweet I, I worked with somebody at, at Blaine. She would do intermittent. She would not eat anything until two in the afternoon, but she'd get carry around a big jug of water. She was getting ready for her wedding, and yeah. I that's the first time I ever heard of intermittent fasting. Oh really? And then she'd stop eating at five. Yeah, I'm trying to lose the the dad bod gut. The dad bod? The dad bod's hot right now. I, I, no, I want to get healthy. Well, you look at how you lost weight or something. Yeah, or? I'm, try, I'm just trying to get healthy. That's trying to get It's healthy. not about losing weight. It's about getting healthy. Okay. You know? Like city, fitting into yeah, that certain dress brought, size? Deb's brought juicers <laughs> and all that type of stuff. So. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, you look good. Yeah, thank you. You look healthy. Except for the beard. All the gray. See that?
Oh, that's right. You got gray in your beard. That's all right. Um, so Trump's VP pick mm. when he did that town hall with Laura Ingram. Yeah. We got some new and fresh ideas for who wants to be by his side. So no, someone, who can, step in, that can, someone who can step into the role. Most importantly, you have to view that. The audience has uh, been asked who they think would be a good choice, and various names came up. Um, uh, one of them was, of course, Vivek Ramaswamy. No. He's made a big splash. Ron DeSantis, who's made in, making an appearance, appearance today in South Carolina, we just found out. Um, obviously, Tim Scott, Byron Donalds, and a, a big uh, presence here for Tulsi Gabbard. Um, very interesting. Um, are, and Christy Nome as well, I should say. Right. Are, are, are they all on your short list? And when can, you, when can we expect that you will so announce your choice? The one thing that always surprises me is that the VP choice has absolutely no impact. It's whoever the president is. It just seems. Uh, I remember when Sarah Palin was actually picked, and she did have a big up, and then uh, they just went after her at a level that nobody's seen. The Republicans themselves went after what they did. But you'll be a one-term president because you've already served, yeah. so you can only serve for one term, although they say you'll never leave office. I assume uh, yeah, that you'll do. never leave. There'll never be an ele another say, election don't again. Don't do it. He'll never leave. He's yeah. never going. Oh, these people. They um, are so for that all right, so who do you want? 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro, answer line 64636. Type in DA, then a quick comment. The Tulsi Gabbard one threw me uh, for a little loop. Yeah, I like her, but no, no, not for VP. Why not? Uh, why is, why she's is still a Democrat. Uh, I, I, I mean, she, she was just a de Democratic Congresswoman. You can be a recovering yeah, Democrat. I, I, I am one. I so am I one, get too. That. We, we but, but Sebastian yeah. Gorka already let it out of the bag that it's a man. So... Which man is it? Sebastian Gorka came on his Sebastian show. Sebastian Gorka. Yeah. He and came on what show? On his own show. Yes. And he said he... Um, he, right. just, he has a show here on yeah. 560. And he said... I um, do listen, I swear. So yes. I forget who he was interviewing. And he's like, so it's a man. So he's like, yeah. So he, he basically wasn't supposed to... Chris Stigel. 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 That's who he was talking mm -hmm. to. And he said, well, it is a man. And he's going to be ready day one. I think it's Ron DeSantis or Byron Donald. That's too Florida. I, listen, Trump can change his, his address. I Listen... I think you. I think you satisfy those never Trumper, uh, I, and I think this is where Trump is probably wrong. I think the VP pick is going to be important for Donald Trump because people are going to need to say, okay, I can vote for because I didn't vote for John McCain. I voted because he had Sarah Payton on a t Palin on a ticket. I would have stayed out of that, that presidential election that year. So you I did not like McCain John McCain. Pal I've no. never been a fan of John McCain. But you like Sarah Palin. personally. He's a good dude, but p politically, John McCain was one of the. He, he hurt the Republican Party, and so many, especially with the Obamacare. Obamacare, yeah, yeah. the health care, last minute, thumbs down. Yeah. Such a dramatic moment. Yeah. Oh, my God, look at me. Uh, Alan in Rockford, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning. Jamie, I vote for Tulsi Gabbard. My, my top requirements for a candidate uh, is an understanding, a, a firm understanding of the Constitution of the United States of America, a firm understanding of the economics of the world and macroeconomics, Third, uh, Army, Navy, the military, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what you a better word, but they understand warfare. And fourth, finances. Those four things have to be present in a president and a vice president for them to be qualified to do the job, in my opinion. She's right. a Bernie Thanks, girl. Thanks, Alan. She's a Bernie girl, though. Telsey? She's a Bernie, Bernie Sanders girl. I mean, that's, I mean. I don't like any of those names. What about Dr. Ben Carson? I, I, he was Possibly. on the list, I believe. All right. Carl in Big Cabin, Oklahoma, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. You know, I, I told you, no way. No, no. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. See? Uh, okay. 
Now, now, Christy Nome from South Dakota, she's done phenomenal things with that state, her policies. But I have to go with uh, the governor of Florida, DeSantis, because his policies, he, he, they, it's not about personality. It's about policy and what's good for America. Okay. Well, you know what, too? I mean, he does need to pick a VP who could eventually become president right. since he is only one term. DeSantis is my pick. It's news, opinion, insight. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Amy Jacobson here. John Anthony in for Dan Croft. Thanks for coming in. Well, thanks for and having he me. He is the host of Black and Right Radio, That's which right. can be heard Saturdays from four to seven p.m. That's right, right here on AM five sixty. You've gotten so much better. Not Black no, is remember right. That? Remember Black is right. <laughs> I used to say it was Sundays, and everyone, yeah. blah, 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 blah. it's Saturdays from yeah. four to seven. It is a live show. Live show. Best three hours of your life. Yes, I mean, it's the fastest three hours. And real quickly, but before we move on to our next topic, we are talking about um, Trump's possible mm-hmm. VP picks. I think Ron DeSantis should be defense secretary. You know? Yeah, because he's a former military man. He's also a former congressman. He knows how Washington works. But yeah, yeah. and if he got prostate cancer, I think he'd let his boss know. <laughs> of course. If he decided to have some elective oh, surgery, God. I think he'd let his yes. boss know. And I know Secretary Austin apologized yeah. for that, but now if I had cancer, if a soldier I would did that, call my boss. What would happen if a soldier did that though? They'd be uh, whew, court-martialed, wouldn't they? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Good point. Yeah, but that's okay. All right. So, what so, in God's name is going on in New York? I don't know if you saw this. There was a migrant shelter. I call it migrant shelter madness. There's a shelter in New York, and New York's finest. Did you say illegal, or, illegal immigrant shelter? Yeah, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Four police officers uh, went to arrest an illegal for committing a second crime, and they threw everything at them. Yeah. A backpack, a cushion, water bottles, a chair. What else? A hoodie. Mm. And this is what it sounded like. I mean, just an example of the lack of respect to all of us because we hooked them up with free shelter, food, clothing, and what is... uh, Cell phones. What is... Oh, that's right. Cell Mm. phones. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about that. (laughs) And what did Mayor Adams do? Mm. What do you know? What do you think he did? Nothing. Did he say... Did he condemn their actions and say, we need to respect authority, respect police? I'm sure he did that. No, this is what he did. You have uh, bad actors, yes. And anytime you have uh, 3,000 people who are placed in an environment that they cannot work, uh, they have to sit around all day, uh, you know, things like this have the potential to happen. This is what happens when uh, you get this national problem on a city. We need the national government to assist in resolving this problem. I mean, unbelievable. Sounds like Brandon a little bit. Brandon Johnson? The the same messaging. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, it's just, guys, I mean, it's just a few bad apples. You're just adults being silly. No. 
No. Because they have to sit around all day. I mean, you should feel sorry for them. Yeah. They have to sit around all day and they can't work. Now, dude, what's the vetting process to allow them into these migrant, these illegal immigrants' uh, housing I shelters? I don't think there is any. Yeah, because process. how do we now know that they weren't just let out of the prisons in these countries that they're coming from? Well, I from. keep hearing that they're emptying jails yeah, in Venezuela exactly. and then bringing them up here. With more on this, let's welcome back to the program. It has been a hot minute. Curtis Lewa, former Republican candidate for New York City mayor and founder of the Guardian Angels. Good morning, Curtis. How are you? Amy, John, my hands across the Migrant Center in New York to the Migrant Center in Chicago. I know it well. I grew up on 46 in Rockwell, South Side, from age one to five before the family took me back to Brooklyn. And you know the rest of the story. So what happened at that migrant shelter, and where exactly is that located? Uh, This particular migrant shelter is on a place called Randall's Island. Normally, it's there for people to utilize for sports, you know, softball, soccer, volleyball, and there's some training centers. So the mayor, in his lack of wisdom, decided to put 3,000 single, able-bodied young men of military age with nothing to do with nowhere to go in this tent, and the Venezuelan gangs took it over, like as if they had taken over Cook County Jail or Rikers Island in New York. So you come in there, you answer to them. Police of the NYPD are not permitted to go in to these shelters unless there's a 911 call. They patrol on the outside, but they're not permitted on the inside. They have renter cops you know, private security, yeah. who can't handle this. And naturally, look, think of it, Amy and John, for a year, the Venezuelans are watching chaos in the streets of New York by our regular citizens who hit cops, get away with it, shoplift, boost products, uh, do fare evasion, basically disrespect law and order. And they've seen the recent crazies uh, supporting Hamas you know, who uh, sing from the river to the sea. They've seen them engage in battles with the police, and they see their own consequences. So it's learned behavior. Now they've taken over. The Venezuelan gangs, they're in charge, and they recognize there are no consequences. Remember, before this, on 42nd Street, the gateway to the world, 7th Avenue, 42nd Street, 14 Venezuelan punk thugs beat up two NYPD cops, And they're still looking for six of them, still looking for six of them. Alvin Bragg cut them loose, no bail, didn't uh, basically remand them to jail. And so you understand why there's chaos in the streets of New York. And if you're a migrant, especially Venezuelan, you're an untouchable, an untouchable. What about that fancy hotel that they were staying at? And then they refused to leave some families when they said, no, we're going to take you to a different location. Is that still overrun by migrants? Are they starting to clear any of them out? No, no, no. The hotels have been leased and booked uh, for years, believe it or not, three years. The largest being the Roosevelt Hotel, which is where they get processed and then outsourced. Owned by the Pakistani government, one of the most corrupt in the world. We gave them $198 million. No bid, right? Nobody, no transparency. We don't know uh, who the contracts are signed by. We know that Eric Adams' administration, I think, as you all know, is under investigation by the feds for political corruption. They're getting massive kickbacks. And they basically turned this into a money-making operation. Now, all of a sudden... 
the mayor realizes if he avoids going to the big house and chains in shackles, federal prison for political corruption, and gets to run for a second term, this is hanging over his head. His uh, popularity polls are at 28%. Really? That's lower than Biden. That's slower than the governor, Kathy Crimewave Holcomb. Hey, hey, Curtis, what's the sentiment of the the voters of New York? I know you saw President Trump said he's coming to the Bronx. He's coming to Brooklyn, right? he's going to go to Queens. He's going to go to Queens and and do some rallies. What are the uh, what's being said out there on the streets as as it relates to this illegal, illegal immigration invasion of New York? Well, first off, as you know, the politics, Chicago's politics is just like New York. To the winner go the spoils. Eric Adams, our second African-American mayor. And without the African-American overwhelming vote, who knows, maybe Curtis Lee would be mayor today. But he earned it. He worked the community. He's been involved with the community for over 40 years. But now you're an African-American, some of whom have serious problems, homeless, emotionally disturbed, some who are veterans serving in peacetime, wartime, who live in the subways and streets. And now all of a sudden he tells you, a black man tells you to get to the back of the bus and we're going to put up these illegals who nobody knows who they are, who come in on an easy pass and we're going to feed them, clothe them, give them iPhones, smartphones and culturally appropriate food. So if they don't want to eat a bagel with the shmir, they get con arroz abichuelas, beans and rice. And hey, by the way, make a, give me a chuleta, a pork chop on top. And the mayor says, yeah, get it for him from Grubhub. And who pays for it? Not the federal taxpayers, not the state taxpayers. We in New York City, the suckers who underwrite this. And then the other group that's so pissed, and rightfully so, first-generation immigrants who came in the right way, some of them waiting five or seven years, mostly the Latinos. And I am seeing a tremendous turn this time around from 2016 and 2020. Latinos for Trump everywhere, everywhere. And, and and just to piggyback on what you're saying, there's a guy, a big in, um, um, Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. His name is Dom Lucre, uh-huh. the breaker of narratives. He's here in Chicago right now with Mark Carter going all across the city of Chicago. Um, so they know they're in trouble. That's why Pritzker put that, what, how much million for the homeless in, in, in Chicago? Oh, 52 million. 52 million. The, yeah. Um, but you, so you 182 see, million for migrants right. after we've already given them 300 million exactly. of our tax dollars, which we have no say in how it's spent. Exactly. But you see the you see the parallels in New York and and and, and in Chicago. So you're right, uh, Curtis. They know they're in trouble with the black community because Joe Biden's not president. If uh, Clyburn doesn't help him in in South Carolina, what are, are you hearing that from the black community itself, Curtis? Oh, oh yeah, and so is Eric Adams. Uh, before the weekend came. There was a luxury condo building that had been built in Harlem, and it was going to be occupied. But then the lockdown and pandemic came of March of 2020, and a lot of the real estate there that was being developed ended up being basically uh, uh, saran-wrapped. You know, it was closed. I mean, we're talking pool. We're talking luxury accommodations. So the mayor announced on Thursday, I'm going to use that for migrant housing. On Friday, it was a huge turnout of African-Americans, his supporters, I might add, who were, like, ready to come and, you know, burn the torches and stand outside the city hall. So he shows up on Saturday, and he goes, hey, no mas, no mas. It will not be a migrant center. Uh, I don't know how this happened. Please, 
I love you, baby. Who loves you, baby? And they looked at him, and it's, you obviously don't. They were eye-fornicating him and mad-dogging him. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. He walked in. Like, oh, surprise, look who's here. Yeah. Oh, it's Mayor Adams. All right, but he is starting this pilot program for debit cards, and here's him explaining what that is. These are not for homeless New Yorkers, right. American citizens. This is right. for illegals. Wow. That This was a smart policy shift that we're doing on a pilot project with 500 people. If this is successful, we're going to expand it even more so that we can bring down, we got to bring down the cost. 20% we want to bring down the cost, and uh, their team are, are doing their job. And I heard he's giving out prepaid cash cards up to $10,000. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Look, it's it's really a version of a snap card combined with a debit card. Oh, okay. $1,000 is on the card each month. And you know how you can abuse a snap card. That's like currency in the streets of the hood. I let you use my snap card. You give me cash. The cashier never looks at the picture that's on the snap card. It could be a man using the snap card. It's a woman's face. The supermarket doesn't care. The grocery store doesn't care because it's all a shakedown of the taxpayers. So now here's another scam that we're introducing these brand-new illegal aliens to. They're they're loving America. You can scam your way and get everything for free, 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 free. And, 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 Curtis, someone just said on our text line, Trump should pick Curtis for Secretary of Homeland Security. I think it should be Tom Holman, but I could definitely see you as a deputy director of Homeland Security. Uh, would you join the Trump campaign in some capacity if he reaches out? Oh, without a doubt. But I think where I could best serve is uh, organizing, particularly minority youth, to patrol the inner city neighborhoods to combat the gangs. That's what I've done. We just had our 45th anniversary oh. of the Guardian Angels. I started it in the Bronx. We're in 13 countries, 130 cities. But our cities, our urban areas, are just filled with uh, casualties that we would normally associate with wartime casualties. Chi-Town is my second city. My Sliwa family lives there, Polish family. They're out in Lockport now between uh, Joliet and Chicago. So many have fled. And I just, I'd love to be able to say, hey, I did something in honor of my father, who actually went to the old Kaminsky Park, brought me there, cursed out Mickey Mantle, my hero, when the Yankees were there. And I, I, I need to make amends to my dad because I, I said, Dad, I, I don't love you anymore. You cursed out Mickey Mantle at Kaminsky Park. He goes, we hate the Yankees. We're White Sox fans. Oh, God. Go Cubs. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, before we let you go, I have two more questions for you. One about this trucker boycott of New York City. Has that gotten any traction? Are your prices going up? Are you still getting food delivered? Uh, well, our prices are going up because of Biden economics, right? It's like inflation. Uh, I haven't seen the effect. We are very dependent on all of our supplies coming in by trucks from all over the country, including the heartland of America, you know, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska. But to be honest, haven't seen the effects. It would probably take about two weeks to actually see a difference, you know, in terms of shortages, in terms of uh, prices increases. Uh, I like what the truckers are doing. Let's face it. The only language that politicians understand is when it's uh, pain compliance from the voters who are screaming at the top of their lungs. The people who get elected president have always got elected president because of people having coins in their pocket and not having coins. 
It's always about the money, as Bill Clinton said. <laughs> it's always about the economy. All right, last question, because you and I are both cat lovers. Uh-oh. And I was, so is Justin Kosick. Our, our technical producer, when his cat died, he got a tattoo of his cat's paw on his forearm. Isn't that cool? Absolutely. In fact, remember, Chicago has the number one rat problem. New York City, the number one four-legged rat problem. Uh, and cats. I know Chicago has gone out to try to get feral cats from oh, I, shelters yeah. all over the country where they would be killed, euthanized. They are the best deterrent to rats and mice. Forget the poisons. Forget dry ice. Forget all these uh, these uh, artificial ways of getting at the rats and cats. They are survivors, the rats. You need daytime. The only thing they fear is a colony of feral cats. Wow. Yeah, I had a I had a cat colony for God almost six years. What? And my girl. Oh, what do you mean? Well, I could show you. I could really? text you pictures of rat. One day. Curtis, they killed seven rats. The cat lady. And I don't know what they do with their heads, but they leave the, you know, it's and it's crazy, though. Yeah. But I had, I love those. And one one passed away, died in my arms. and Because eventually, if the cats trust you, yeah. you can pet them. You know, but then the other one, I don't know where he went. Marshfield. I miss my cat. But anyway, I, now I have an indoor oh. cat. But, yeah, you're right. That is the best deterrent because my neighbors loved my feral cat colony yeah. and i had the heating pad and i had a condo like the big tub and everything <laughs> oh, but you have cats in your apartment how many do you have right now uh, we have 18 that my wife nancy has rescued from the shelter they have a kill list we are not a no-kill city we need to be a no-kill city my wife wow. will run will drop everything she rescues the cats many of them are sick or ill she socializes them and then she adopts them out into she believes, and she's right, if they can go with a friend that they've socialized with, they're the best family members you've ever had. Because guess what? You could have a tough day. Your kids are complaining. Your wife or husband's complaining. Your aunts or uncles are complaining. Your cats will never complain. They'll just come up to you and purr. And they oh, did that the for me on the campaign trail for mayor when things weren't looking good. Even my wife said, shut up. I don't want to hear anything more. <laughs> My cats couldn't get enough. Uh, All right, Curtis, really, 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 really you're quickly. the best. Curtis, oh, yes. Curtis, were you ever back in town? I live down in Juliet, not too far from uh, Lockport. Let's let's head over to uh, Jackie's if you're ever in. Jackie's? I want to go to the prison. I've been there before, man. That is a, <laughs> man, that will scare the living oh, bejeebus. That's true. I went to Stateville, too. That was yeah. I had to interview somebody once, and it was... That will scare a kid straight, that's yeah. for sure. All right, Curtis Lewa, former Republican candidate for mayor, founder of the Guardian Angels. You can follow him on Twitter, at Curtis Slewa. Curtis, thank you so much for joining us, and God bless. Anytime, Amy and John, my yeah. hands across America to the heartland of America, Chi-Town, my second city. My All right, and he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Listen to Dan and Amy on your smartphone. Download the AM560 mobile app today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. Only the biggest stories, only the biggest guests, and only the biggest opinions. This is AM560, The Answer. We'll get to it, I promise. John Anthony wants to talk about his blackandrightradio.com store. Of course. Why not? All right, what do you got on there? Oh, you name it. You gotta go visit it. You have to go visit blackandrightradio.com to see what's on there. I love uploading and downloading too. It's yeah. really fun. You know, I got a, I, I made one that says "Dudes for Trump." Dudes for Trump. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Is that a t-shirt or it's a, a mug? Hoodie, t-shirt, mug. 
Goody t-shirt yeah. mug. Good guy with a gun. Good know. guy with a gun. And oh, just black and right okay. radio. Black and right radio dot com. Please okay. head over. You know what? I, I need to tell you what it's for. Oh. It's going to help me. I'm trying to syndicate the show. You're so trying to what? Syndicate black and right radio until okay. I can get a Monday through Friday show. All right. So that helps with the efforts. Okay. Yeah. But okay. do it myself. All right. Well, do it live. I'm I'll a bet on black. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, have you heard about the Bring Chicago Home initiative? Mm-hmm. It sounds so sweet, doesn't it? Yeah. Bring them home. Safe. It's uh, an initiative to help homeless people, to house homeless people who mostly don't want to be housed. Yeah. Um, and here's a new ad that's out because it's on the ballot March 19th, even though bo- early voting has already started. Oh. And early voting is going to start in all of the wards on March 4th because that's what we like to do. We don't have election date. We have election month season. and a half. Election call it season. season. Yeah, election season. So here it is. Tired of politicians' empty promises? Remember when the lottery was going to fund our schools and cut property taxes? That didn't happen. Then we were told selling the parking meters would balance the budget and reduce debt. Didn't happen either. Now Mayor Johnson promises he'll end homelessness if we approve a massive new tax on property sales across Chicago. Chicago already spends hundreds of millions on homeless programs. Now the mayor wants another $100 million in taxes and has no plan. Sound familiar? Do you trust Mayor Johnson with $100 million in new taxes? Ooh. Pretty effective. All right. With that, let's welcome back to the program David Hockberg, Vice President of Lending of Team Hockberg at Homeside Financial. Good morning, David. How are you? Good morning. I am outstandingly fantastic. Thank you for asking. So I gave you a homework assignment yesterday, and you did deliver. Uh, what is really going on with the Bring Chicago Home Initiative? What does that yeah, mean for joke. the average person? Well, here, what it means is that uh, the mayor of the city of Chicago, who has $52 million assigned to him from uh, budgeted from the Federal American Rescue Plan Act, and we've only invested 15% of that, or $7.8 million. So we have a mayor and city council who has millions of dollars of unused federal housing funds to house the homeless that's gone unused, wants to completely change the way that the Chicago transfer tax is implemented for those who are buying property in the city of Chicago. And they're, and they're of course, putting it under the umbrella of a millionaire's tax. So what does it mean? It means that if you're buying the $300,000 home in the 606 zip code, you're currently going to pay $2,250 for a Chicago transfer tax, which is $7.50 for every $1,000 of the purchase price. Okay. Okay. Under the new proposed plan, you're going to only pay $1,800, right? So you're going to save 450 bucks, and nobody's asking to save, right? And nobody's coming in and saying, I'm not buying property in the city of Chicago because the Chicago transfer tax is so high and is so choking, right? Where this is going to absolutely destroy everybody and why you should care about this, even though you don't own a million-dollar property, is because it's going to put more downward pressure on an already depressed Chicago commercial real estate market. Okay, 150 North Michigan Avenue was all over the papers a couple of weeks ago. Recently sold in 2017 for 121 million. Just sold a couple of weeks back for 60 million. Okay, wow. so it lost 50% of its value. So under this proposal, um, a two million dollar property, you're currently paying fifteen thousand dollars for real estate transfer tax. It's going to go up to $31,000. If you're buying a $5 million piece of real estate in the city of Chicago, you're currently paying $37,500. $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37, $37
it's going to go all the way up to $121,000. So let me explain how real estate works to the mayor, who is probably listening right now because he knows he's got nothing better to do. Um, the more taxes you put on transferring property or on property in itself, it loses value, Spartacus, okay? And adding $83,500 worth of a tax to a $5 million property, which you might think is a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money when that property has probably been in your family and has been transferred down from your grandfather to your father to you. And now you're going to have to lose $83,500 under this proposed tax when you go to sell that property. Um, where do you think that's going to come from, Amy and John? Do you really think the buyer's just going to say, you know what, I'm going to offer you $5 million, but I'm going to pay $83,500 more in real estate in, in transfer so tax? the no. buyer pays for it, not the seller. The buyer pays for it, but the seller's going to pay for it because the buyer's going to ask the seller mm -hmm. to reduce the price right. or give the seller uh, a, a transfer tax yep. credit of 83000 Five hundred dollars. I mean, why is this so freaking difficult to this guy and these and these knuckleheads who are passing Palestinian, uh, you know, you know, resolutions, um, uh, propaganda, revolution, all of that stuff that's got nothing to do with anything. They're giving each other hugs and high fives and crying. in the city council. Like we're going to tell Benjamin Notton Yahoo what to do. Right. I'm sure he was listening to the sh yeah, Chicago no. City Council meeting. I mean, I know it's sure. a bunch of gobbledygook. Yeah. Just so that they feel better about themselves. You sound angry, David. <laughs> I'm pissed off because because there's no common sense, John. You're you're going to give a guy, you're going to give a guy who can't answer questions. It's like a an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Every time he gets up there, okay, yeah. to do a press conference, all I'm waiting for is Larry David to pop out <laughs> and make some type of comment. Okay, <laughs> this guy is just completely over his skis. He has no idea what he's doing. No idea. Let's see, let, Come back to me in a year and see how that taking the cops out of the schools work out. Right. Okay? I mean, let's see how oh. that works out next school year. Well, let's see okay? how the shot spotter so, program is going to yeah. work out. Let's see how this transfer tax is going to work out. I mean, he, he can't even pay his own damn water bill uh -oh. or his parking tickets or his you know red light camera tickets. I mean, somebody had to come in and bail him out because he didn't pay his water bill for more than a year. They even set up a payment program for him. Not a big ask. $93 a month. And he made one of those payments. And then somebody had to swoop in because he could not be mayor unless all of the Can I get bills, somebody to swoop in? David, can you come in and swoop in for me, Bills brother? were paid in full. And then Stacey Davis Gates does the same darn thing. Yeah. It's just unbelievable how they are so arrogant that they think they can't pay their bills. And he's in charge of Here's the, the city's budget. Here's the deal. They've got over $41 million of unused funds from the federal government. Until they use that money and show the city and the residents of the city of Chicago and business owners that are don't live in the city of Chicago, but unfortunately own in the six zip, zip code, that they can effectively invest that money in homeless projects. We shouldn't give them, you should not vote to give them another penny or change a perfectly good Chicago transfer tax system that's been, I've been doing this 23 and a half years, and it's worked perfectly fine during that period of time. Yeah. Okay, about 10 years ago, they added $3 on the way out because of the North Shore uh, state representatives because they wanted to fund CTA. So instead of adding another $3 on top to get in, they, they added $3 to get out when you sell it. Okay? okay, where do you think that money's going to come from, business owners? Yeah. 
right? It's going to come from your side. That's right. It's going to come from your side when you sell those properties. And, Get and, your heads out of your rear end and vote this down. Yeah, and Dave, when I first heard about the Bring Chicago Home, you know what I thought it was about? What? The brain drain that's happened. You know, a lot of our, uh, you know, inventors and people that are business owners who've left Chicago and left Illinois, I thought this was about bringing them back home to Chicago. Oh, no, no. I mean, no, what's no. what's a better rate of return uh, on your investment, um, taking care of the homeless or bringing people back who are productive members of society now who can, and who can add more to the discussion of, 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 of the economy, Dave? I agree with you 100%. But you got $41.2 million, John, of a federal program that he hasn't used. Right. Use that why first. Give any, why give anybody – and show us that it works. Why change a system that works and give those thieves another penny until they could use the money that they've got Yeah. and, and show us that it works? And I'll tell you what. I, I don't like going on the trains. Okay, I get on the Swift at Skokie. I take I take it down to the red line, take the red line and get off a of grand, you know, on the weekends come downtown to do my show. Okay? Yeah. That's what I do, right? right. I, it, it it's a homeless shelter. I know. It smells, it like smells so yeah. bad. It's disgusting. Oh, I don't even want to sit it's down. Disgusting. Yeah. Hey, hey hey David, you know, I'm going to call these two people out because <clears throat> I'm talk, I'm calling Corey Booker, I mean, uh, Corey Brooks and Tyrone Muhammad out. Because you have programs that could that could really be beneficial to people in the black and brown communities. Can you quickly talk about what those things are? I told you exactly what was going to happen when I saw you at the event, at yeah. the cigar thing, right? I, I, I've reached out to black and brown pastors for the past year, year and a half, offering complimentary credit enhancement uh, financial empowerment seminars to their members. Yeah. And only one has taken me up on it. Okay, I've spoken to 10. I've called a bunch of them. Nobody calls me back. Okay. I've got complimentary financial empowerment information that I could provide to the black and brown community. I am doing outreach, but nobody is asking for that outreach. Yeah. Nobody is seeking that information. So I am doing my best. As you know, John, yeah. you've helped me I open do. those doors. Yeah. Okay. And I've, I've tried repeatedly. Okay. And nobody, I've only got one comeback. I forgot the pastor's name. Um, on 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 the near south side, super great guy. I'm, I'm blanking. It's uh, Pastor Thurston. Um, oh, Stephen James. Thurston. Stephen Thurston. Stephen Thurston, great guy. Yes, he is. He, he opened doors to a number of pastors too. You know, I talked to them. I texted them. Radio silent. Yeah. Okay. So don't tell me you want you know how bad things are. Okay. Yeah. And how 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 people are taking advantage of you. And that, uh, I've got free complimentary. Empowerment, financial empowerment, credit, you know, revitalization, establishment, information for absolutely nothing. And nobody within the doors that you opened, which I told you I would be yeah. shocked if they opened them. I told you that. You did. Right? And you're like, oh, you know, let me open the door. I'm like, oh, we're right, not done. Not. We're not done with those two yet. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I, I'll, I'll be 75 years old. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm 57 now. You know, I'd love to uh, do it you while bum. I still walk. Okay, so no, I, listen, I'm there. So, so don't cry to me, Argentina, about how things are, all right, and how and how and how all that stuff and how things bad things are. When I've got complimentary financial empowerment information that your community could use tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So stop yourself. Gotcha. All right, let's so. talk about your Vestathon. What is that, and how can we help? Yes, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Um, 
I teamed up with Alderman Matt O'Shea from the 19th Ward. Uh, about six years ago, I met him on, on, on another radio station. He was coming in to promote his pancake breakfast uh, to raise money for the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation to buy replacement bulletproof vests for the members, the, the, the men and women of the Chicago Police Department uh, who can't afford to buy their vests. It's shocking to, to, to your listeners, might be shocked that all the other surrounding police departments buy their uh, officers bulletproof vests every five years because the material degrades and it's, yep. it's recommended every five years to keep the officer safe to replace them with a, a new vest with stronger material. Okay. Everybody, including the Illinois State Police, has a line item to provide their officers with replacement bulletproof vests. The city of Chicago, okay, mm-hmm. which blows my mind, the 11,000-some officers have to buy their own police um, replacement vest. They're given one when they graduate the academy, right. but they have to buy their own replacement vests, which just pisses me off, and it just makes me angry. And I teamed up with uh, Matt O'Shea from the 19th Ward, and the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation. We're hosting a Vestathon. I got a show on WGN Saturdays, 10 to 1. We've got the Emerald Society there. We've got uh, Commander Bauer's wife, who was tragically killed at the yeah. State of the Illinois building. We've got another officer's wife who was tragically killed in the line of duty. Um, so our goal, Amy and John, is to raise enough money to buy 400 vests, which is $200,000. Wow. So the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation can take that line item and their budget and move it over to provide services to families of injured Chicago police officers who got injured on the, in, in the line of duty or made the ultimate sacrifice, got killed in the line of duty, like uh, Commander Bauer and the officer's uh, husband, who's going to come on and talk about it this weekend. Yeah, because so, once you've been uh, shot, I mean, if, if, if a bullet hits your vest, that vest is compromised and they need a new one right away. He's done. 100%. 100%. And sometimes... If you were shot in the vest, you might have got shot in the arm or in the leg or another part of your body or in an area where the vest might not have covered, and you're going to be out of work for a prolonged period of time and your family needs to be supported, and that's where the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation steps yeah. in. I always so wore that's mine what we're longer. trying to do. David, I, I always got mine fitted to be a bit bigger um, because of, you know, those those spots that are basically open to a shooting. So I always yeah. got mine yeah. a little bigger. Did you have to buy your yeah. own? Or no, no, you? no, I didn't. Uh, we had a stipend. Um, it didn't pay for it all, but I, I do recall I had to put some money down on it. That just uh, is but, so but I would all, because I would always get the, I think it's the level three, the top tier, mm-hmm. because I wanted to make yeah. sure I was safe. Wow. All right. If they, uh, where, is there a website where they can go to donate, maybe buy a vest? Yeah, real Who quick, wants to I know you got to hit a break. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you could go to uh, CPD, Chicago Police Department, CPD vest.com cpdvest.com it's $500 per vest i understand that a lot of listeners might not have the means to donate 500 bucks but if 100 listeners donate 5 bucks amy and john we got a vest yeah. okay. and our goal is to get 400 vests so whatever anybody could give 100% of the funds goes directly to the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation. We're not taking a vig. There's no administration cost. Everything that comes in goes directly to the uh, Chicago Police Memorial Foundation. All right. Amen. David Hochberg, the site is cpdvest.com. David Hochberg, Vice President of Lending at Team Hochberg at Homeside Financial. Thanks, David, as always, for joining us. Thank sure. Thanks, guys. Bye. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. It's what Chicago is talking about. It's Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan and Amy on AM560, The Answer. Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank.
Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.